Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howell. And this is Toys by Chance, where we come and talk all things movies, television, streaming, sometimes music, if it's necessary. Although, don't ask me if I watched WAP, because I certainly did not. Russell, did you? Watch what? WAP. No. Okay, cool. So, we, so we're not going to talk about that, <laughs> even, though I know it's all, even though we know it's all the rage. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, our theme for this episode was underrated films from famous directors, in which we were... I'm pretty sure it's still in the lead of recording. This is not too bad. It's what we're doing anyway. We were given Eyes Wide Shut. An, in- an interesting one enough to talk about, but until we get there, we have some other things to talk about. First of which is our weekly trailer talk, and I gotta say, Russell, this is probably one of the better crops we've had in a while. Yeah, um, it's it's nice to not have bad trailers in the crop of trailers that we have. So yeah, looking forward to talking about them. Like th- like three of these look like absolute bangers. So uh, first trailer we're talking about is for critical thinking. Uh, for this movie, we are traveling to the exciting world of chess. Which I know sounds, which I know how that sounds, but trust me, this looks really good. Uh, it stars John Leguizamo, also directed by John Leguizamo, as a teacher who teaches kids chess, and they become good and shit, keep, keep on moving to try and escape poverty. Maybe I'm not sure, but Russell, what do you think the trailer for Critical Thinking? No, I liked it. Uh, I thought it was really, uh, really, really good. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to make a movie interesting about chess, but you're kind of invested when you watch the trailer. Um, it's kind of funny because John Leguizamo was our talk couple talks like, a couple movies ago with Super, Super Mario, Mario Brothers. Brothers. I thought it was funny how they, how they, you know, kind of just merge their way into our our show all the time. But uh, I'm looking forward to this. I think the movie looks really good. It has like a, um, uh, it's it's pretty much like your 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 like your freedom writers, your dangerous minds, like Sand, your, you know, deliver. your yeah, like you're just you know you you root for these kids to you know, escape their impoverished lifestyle to try to better themselves. And I think that this this movie, especially like sprinkling chess into it, uh, I think's really interesting. Yeah, uh, same thing. I think, I think it looks like a good, like, feel-good movie. Uh, it got really good reviews coming out of South by Southwest. Uh, and it is set for a release. Let me just double-check this real quick. Uh, set for, I'm assuming, a digital release. Uh, September 4th, 2020. Hasn't landed on late Netflix or anything. It's probably probably gonna land there. And it, it seems like a good like straight to video title. Yeah. Uh, com- uh, next show we're talking about one of what's coming for Netflix. Uh, Charlie Kaufman. He direct. He made another movie. Uh, it is. I'm thinking of ending things. Uh, so I'm thinking of anything as. You know, I, I struggle to you know give a genre for the psychological mind sh- mind trip movie. <laughs> I think you just put like a Charlie Kaufman. Yeah, as he, his own he, genre, he's yeah, he's basically his own genre at this point. Uh, it's a movie yeah, it's a about film. movie about a woman played by Jesse Buckley, who's a really good actor. She's great in uh, Wild Rose last. If you haven't seen that, go check it out. Uh, she goes uh, back to her boyfriend's home for the holidays, and then weird shit ensues. Uh, this, I do like the way this trailer builds suspense because like it yeah. starts with like this. It starts like this voiceover talking about like I'm thinking of ending things, and then like this dog starts shaking, and that shaking never stops. So you're just like you're, you're seeing this, like what the hell is going on? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But I really want to find out, Russell. Uh, what do you think of the trailer for? I'm thinking of ending things. 
Yeah, I mean, you're intrigued enough because, like, Charlie Kaufman's films are just different. Like I said, he has his own genre just because of the fact that he does things that other, I guess, modern directors don't really do. Um, his films always have his, like, stamp on it. You can always tell it's a Kaufman work, um, like, adaptation, films like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued enough. Uh, Tony Collette's in it. So uh, I think, uh, you know, she's she was excellent hereditary. I think she's she really was. coming into her, her groove here in the last couple films. So she looks like she delivers a solid performance she, in this film. She's so having, she's looking forward like, to it. She's having like a nice little like second career here. In yeah, Hollywood really. Opens. She's, just, she's, she's in a lot of movies. And, yeah, she looks great. Uh, David Thewlis reteaming with Kaufman again because he was in Anomalisa, which is a really another really good film. If you haven't seen it, check it out. I think uh, Jesse Plummins is in every film. We'll get we'll get to, we'll get we'll get to him again in a second, but uh, we're just going to talk about that at first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this film, uh, I think it looks, I, I think it looks, uh, fa- I think it looks fabulous. I can't wait to check it out. And it's set for a Netflix release on September fourth, twenty twenty. So it's going to be probably going to be one of their bigger titles coming out of this year. Uh, next trailer, and this is my personal favorite of anything we're talking about today. Uh, the trailer for Judas and the Black Messiah. So this movie is about uh, William O'Neill, played by Lakeith Stanfield, his involvement with the FBI, trying to take down the Black Panther Party chairman, Fred Hampton, in Illinois. And it's funny, like, like you said, we were a few things this trailer threw me off. First of which is Jesse Plemons, because like I said, I, w- I watched these trailers back to back in the order that we're talking about. I'm just like, wait a minute. Yeah. What are you doing here? Yeah, I said, just like I just saw Jesse Plemons. He's everywhere, man. The, 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 Dude, buy your buy your agent a buy your agent a fruit basket. He's getting that dude works, man. He, he works, man. He works. He works. Think of all the movies he's been in, even the last like five years. Oh yeah, I mean, like he's also been in some of like the best TV shows of the past couple of years, like fucking, you know, Crazy. Lights, Breaking Bad, uh, Black Mirror, the du- Fargo. The dude's in a lot of stuff. Constantly works, man. He, he's young, making that making that money, man. And he and he impregnated Kirsten Dunst. Dundell, there you have it. MVP. Wow, she, she's a lot older than him. Is she really? I, I would imagine. I don't think Jesse Plemons is that old, is he? Let's find out. It's uh, Jesse Plemons is 32. Kirsten Dunst is 38. Be... Wow. Really? I thought she was in her 40s, man. She's been around forever. She has. Maybe uh, that's why. She got her start so damn young, though. Regardless. Uh, yeah. In, in, uh, in the, yeah, like I said, uh, I think this trailer and this movie look... Awesome. Uh, yeah. I think Daniel Kaluuya looks like he's bringing it. Lakeith Stanfield, who I love as an actor, one of my favorites working today. He looks fantastic. I think it's going to be like because I've, I've actually I've read about the story of Fred Hampton. It's a it's a it's a very fascinating story. I'm not going to tell you what happens in case you know you don't know. Want to go in blind? But yeah, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Judas and the Black Messiah? I liked it. Yeah, I knew the actors, you know, kind of attached to. It. I knew that would be you. You love him, so I, I, I knew you'd be all over this. It looks good, though. It looks like it looks like a, it feels like a Spike Lee film. It does. It, the, the grit of it. It's just, um, yeah, it looks super fascinating. I'm not familiar with the story, so I'm kind of looking forward going into it blind, like you said, just because uh, I kind of want to be surprised by, you know, what unfolds. But it looks it looks fantastic. It, it does, and it, and you really buy that it's like that era piece you know what i mean like you really buy that you're in that period you know what i mean it's 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 uh super fascinating i'm i'm looking forward to it yeah no same here i think that if, i think that it looks uh it, it's it, i think it's looks great uh and yeah uh this movie's set for a well the trailer 
proudly declares only in theaters, which we know that's not true. April Fools in <laughs> August. Oh, actually, it, it might because it's, it's released day December twenty twenty one. Oh, okay, then we're good. So it, well, it might, we'll see. It might make theaters, and also funny thing is like it's directed by Sha- the director's name is Shaka King. <laughs> which, which is funny because that was Chris Rock's character's name in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, in which he's also a director. That's that's hilarious. I'm just like, what are the odds? I wonder if this is on purpose. Seriously. Uh, but yeah, this is set for a uh, 2021 release. I cannot wait to see it. I, I, I can't wait to see it when it comes out. Uh, that's going to do it for our uh, trailer talk. We now move on to uh, Notorious News. We have a whole lot to talk about today. Uh, first of which, our latest uh, corona latest corona effects on films. First of which is uh, Antebellum's going to VOD. Which, <sighs> yeah, I know. Bummer, because that was one of your most anticipated of the year. But at least you get to see that it. Sucks. At least you get to see it yeah. this year. Yeah, at least we get to see it. That kind of sucks, though, yeah. At the, and at the same time, I think that might be Blumhouse. Let me just double check on that. I think it is? Question uh, mark? I remember, I remember how late Antebellum had to change their name because of Antebellum. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of shit that happened since that Lady first a. trailer got, came out. Man, Lady Lady A now? Oh, it is not. It is not Blumhouse. But either way, the budget on this can't... It can't be super huge, can it? There's not a whole lot of, like, noticeable cast member, like, actors. I mean, there is... There is like a good amount of like sets and design, yeah. which make maybe makes me think that it could cost a lot, but it's probably nothing they can't recoup if this were to go VOD. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Kind of how you said it, just kind of a bummer because one of those films I wish more eyes would probably get on. I don't know if it's gonna get the eyes on it now, but we'll see. I mean, if it landed somewhere like Netflix, that would be for sure. That would be great. And speaking of Netflix, uh, the Amy Adams film, The Woman in the Window, has landed on Netflix, which is crazy to me because that's... Oh, that movie looked good, man. Yeah, it did. And the, the crazy thing to me is, like, that's a Fox film. It, 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 it's, yeah. a, it's a Fox movie. So I do yeah. wonder, like, why did this go to Netflix and not Hulu? Yeah, it's kind of odd. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it's because, you know, they're more associated with, like, prestige films. And yeah, this movie looked fantastic. It looked really good. Yeah, did, wait, did it? Did it land on Netflix? Oh, maybe it did not. Oh no, it did. It did. It did. Yeah. Uh, they're well. Okay, not official, but it, they're in talks to acquire acquire the films, uh, to acquire the rights in the films. So. Uh, okay. So yeah. Uh, I mean, I this will yeah. I, I'm with you. This looked really good. I was really excited to see this one. Yeah, for sure. I saw the trailer like, so much. I'm just like, yeah, I, I really want. I was really jazzed to see it, and. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, like I said, it's crazy. It's go- not going to Hulu. It's going to Netflix. But I think that Netflix will probably... Like, you associate, like, quality, like, Oscar movies with Netflix. So I think it makes it makes sense. And I do wonder how, like, the rights to that are going to work. Yeah. Know, like, would that count as a Fox? Would that count as, like, a Fox movie? Or, I'm sorry, a 20th Century Studios movie? Or would that count as a Netflix film? Or both? Yeah, Who knows? I don't... I- I don't know. I mean, we'll find out. And again, like with the whole, you know, us talking about, you know, with them pushing the Oscars back, but like there's still no end in sight for when theaters are going to reopen. You know what I mean? I I know that um, the regal around us, October 20, or yeah, October, August 21st tentatively, but I doubt, I mean, really haven't heard any, haven't heard anything yes or no about it. So who knows? 
Yeah, not to mention like theater trying so hard. Like there's like a cinema there's like a cinemark a few a few you know, a little ways away from me. You can rent that in the entire theater for like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, speaking of uh paying ma- paying math amounts for movies, uh it was announced that Mulan has officially given up the war on Corona and they are going straight to Disney Plus. But wait, there's more. <laughs> uh it is going to Disney Plus for a rental for a rental fee of thirty dollars to rent. Yeah. Now, as a lot of people were like very like outraged at this at this news, uh, but at the same time, like I look at this and was like, yeah, it makes sense because well, they can't they can't keep pushing this back. Like they no. got they got put out at some point, and this is a two hundred million dollar movie, so. Look, they're they're gonna take a hit on this no matter what, but they gotta try and recoup some of that money back. I mean, I get it, but yeah, thirty bucks, yeah, no, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, especially when you already have the, the the streaming service and you additionally have to pay again for you know what I mean. So it's like technically it's it's, it's almost forty dollars if you would really think about it. It's almost ten bucks a month to subscribe for it. You know what I mean? So yeah, eh. but, well, and, but at the I same don't know. time, like here's here's how I kind of here's how I kind of look at this. Like you, th- you think about it like this. This was in theaters. Like you're, like you're, go- like y'all got to go out. Say like what? It's it's you back. Uh, uh, yeah. You back. Uh, Ellie, I feel bad. Yeah. I feel bad for getting the name of your kid. <laughs> Ella. 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 Okay. Yeah. You're, you're, you're Ella. Good. Ella Tage. I knew. I knew that one. Apparently, yeah. enough. And your other stepdaughter. I can't remember her name. McKenna. McKenna. That's yeah. it. I'm sorry yeah, if you yeah. guys. I'm sorry if you guys are listening. I haven't met you people. <laughs> Uh, okay, say it's like the five of you. You go out to your theater. Yeah. It's like ten bucks a pop for tickets, and you've you get, already got it. Yeah, yeah. You, you, ten bucks a pop for for all for all five. Of you go to go see it once. Not to mention all the money you yeah. get pay for snacks. You know your goobers, yeah. your sweet ropes, your popcorn. You're looking at like a hundred. You're looking like a hundred bucks, man. Well, you're looking at like a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Smaller families, smaller families are not. They're, but like they're it, it, it's the same thing because like anytime yeah. like I go to the movies when I'm with my family, it's always like me, my brother, my sister, my mom, my aunt. So that's that's five right there. Yeah. So I mean, you think about it, it like it's kind of a better value than if you were going to see it at the theater because you know thirty bucks you can all watch it and you can all watch it multiple times. Yeah, because you get to keep it. You have to keep it for a certain period of time. I'm not sure how long the rental period. is. I'm assuming probably like two days. A week. Maybe. I thought they said twenty nine ninety nine. I thought they said it was yours to keep. No, no, no. I think I think it's I think it's for like rental. Oh, uh, okay. Wait, so it's only for rental. It's not to buy. You know what? Like, what, what, let's 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 find out because we have this device called the internet where we can figure this shit out. Uh, it doesn't matter because even even if it was to rent, a couple months later it's going to come out on you know uh, Blu ray DVD, Blu-ray so it doesn't really even matter. Okay, yeah. So, uh, oh no, I'm sorry. Oh, so, so okay, no, so right, so yeah, you pay thirty, you pay thirty bucks, and you basically own that movie on your Disney Plus, so you can watch whenever. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so that's that's actually like not a bad deal, and I'm very curious that how many people are gonna jump on that. We'll probably end up doing it. I, I'm like, I, like I say no, but it's like I know Ella, you know what I mean. I, like we're gonna end up doing it. Look, so. look, show your daughter yeah. Mulan, <laughs> teach her to be a badass, confident woman. <laughs> I'm yeah, I understand. I, I just, uh, man, I, I saw that when I saw the initial news on that. I'm like, there's no way in hell. But that that was just me. Like, if I like, you know what I mean, for just myself. 
Yeah. And I, I didn't put myself in a situation. Well, I, like, I know Ella's going to want to see it, so I'm like, yeah, we'll probably end up buying it because that's what we do. But, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, Mulan will release on Disney Plus, I believe, in August. Okay, let's see. Uh, Disney Plus, September 4th. September 4th. That's when the rent, the, the, the rental will start. Or not rental, but purchase okay. purchase available availability will begin. Um, next we have a we have a lot of stories about reviving crap from <laughs> reviving crap from the eighties. So let's let's let, let's break all this down. First of which, oh boy, we have the one that everyone has been demanding. Russell, who's the boss? Is coming back to TV. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Like, oh god. Oh, who's the boss? And Tony Danza and Alyssa Milano are coming back. Which I'm just like, wow, we are really getting desperate for properties. If we're rebooting, the- who's the boss? It's funny, the one chick came in to the, uh, Tony Danza's wife, and uh, she came into the airport the one day we were working, oh, I really? remember. Wow. Yeah. Well, like, um, it's, it's, I can't, I don't remember, I don't know the actress's name. Nobody does. But that's, die. Point is, like, <laughs> wow, like, how, anyway. how many, of all the 80s properties you could reboot, who's the boss? Yeah, I, I don't, <laughs> I mean, I don't, what, I don't know, I just, I, I can't. I what's, can't fathom things anymore. Like it's yeah. What's 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 next? The Charles in Charge reboot. I would watch. I was a fan of that. I was a big fan of that show back in the day, man. Yeah, so would I. <laughs> I don't know. It's a good show, man. I I don't. It's it probably it's probably awful now, like to watch it because you know how you you go back and revisit some of the things you used to watch. You're like, ooh, man, that's not that good. Yeah, that yeah. that happened all the time. But that was Space Jam. I still love, I still love that film. Uh, also, <laughs> also coming. Uh, let's see. Uh, in something else that uh, it's a baffling news to me, we are getting a long-awaited sequel to Dirty Dancing, but not Havana Nights, with actual actual Dirty Dancing, and Jennifer Grey is coming back. Jennifer Grey, yeah. Which is funny. Like the oh, you look shit. at the success of that movie. What, what was the equation of the success of Dirty Dancing? It was Jennifer Grey plus Patrick Swayze equals money. Yeah. Something's missing in this equation for now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Patrick Swayze. Like, is like, it's one of the most important pieces of that movie missing or dead? I say I would assume so. Like, uh, Havana Nights, yeah, was not that good at all. But I mean, wasn't Diego whatever. Luna? Wasn't Diego Luna in that film? Diego Luna was in this film, he yeah, was. for sure. Um, that was like right when he was like up and like up and coming because he, I mean, still a good actor, but yeah, not look he look not uh, in in, in hadn't found him yet. Yeah. Or was it? I or was it? Quran? Diego Luna was in. Back in the day, I remember seeing an NC Seventeen movie called The Dreamers. He was in. I'm not if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure, but yeah. How are you feeling about? Uh, how are you feeling about another dirty, da- another trip in the dirty dancing verse? I don't think we need. Uh, I, again, I beat the dead horse here when I keep saying it, but it's true. It's like I don't think we really need it. It's like what can you elaborate on? You know what I mean? Like what can you do with the story? Uh, I don't, I don't know, especially when kind of how you said with one of the, you know, big, intri- you know, intrinsic parts of the whole entire, you know, the franchise, if you want to call it that, you know, Patrick Swayze. So I, I don't know. I, I think this is just not a good idea, but, you know, they're going to try to do anything to put, you know, to associate the Dirty Dancing brand to it just to make money. I mean, that's, that's all it is. It's just a money game now. So, yeah, I, I don't think we should be doing this, but. Well, we don't, we don't want to see a 60 year old Jennifer Grey try to shake it. Yeah, no, Jen- but Jen- Jennifer Gray. Jennifer Gray post nose job. Wasn't she in? Uh, was she, was she was. Did she do Dancing with the Stars at all? She did. I think she won. She 
She doesn't look bad. No, she thing, doesn't. She, she she looks really good for her age. And and again, post nose job. Oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, I don't think we need this. Yeah, but either way, uh, if, if anyone's excited for this, which I don't, I don't Yay. think it's very many of you. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's somebody out there like oh, I I am so amped for this movie. Here we go. Now you're thinking my language. Kind of how you and I were when we saw the Snowman trailer. We're like, yes. Oh yeah, and then this we this movie's gonna be awesome. And then and then yeah. we and then we saw the Snowman. Oh, such a such a letdown, man. Oh man. Go check out our old episode on the Snowman. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good one, man. And then watch the trailer if you haven't seen it. You you really see why we were really sold on this movie. This movie looks fantastic. I'm ranking the I'm ranking these stories in in what I think is going to be like most excited to least excited. Next one on the docket is James Wan developing a Knight Rider movie. I just I can't I just don't understand. <laughs> now if you don't know, Knight Rider was a show from the '80s, starred David Hasselhoff, and he had I a know. car uh, talk to him and help him fight crime. Okay. And funny enough, they did try to reboot this on on television. And Val Kilmer voiced the car for a little bit. Thing is, like, the car kept changing voices. It was Val Kilmer and then Will Arnett popped in for, like, an episode. Like, they could not, they could not keep a voice for the car, which is really weird. Yeah, I just, man. And and you know, Hasselhoff will make a cameo in it because he's, I mean, why not? What else is he doing? I mean, he he was in the SpongeBob movie. I mean, yeah, let's... He's not he's not touring he's not touring with his band in Germany anymore. So what else what else is he doing? No, I wouldn't be surprised. Quote me on it. I think uh, he'll make a cameo in it. But yeah, uh, but you hear Knight Rider from James Wan. Does that get you any more intrigued? I mean, not really. But I mean, am I gonna go see it? Probably. I, I, I want to see the dark, twisted version of Knight Rider. Christine, yeah, I did Chris, see, Christine. Christine Wan doing it. Christine, but, okay. but Christine is Knight Rider. Yeah. Now, okay, I I, I can get behind that. As long it got to be better than Maximum Overdrive, though. And it'll definitely be better than Fantasy Island, for sure. So, yeah, I I just I don't know. I'm not excited about that either. What about what about this story? This, what about this story? This tickle this tickle your fancy. We are getting a three men and a baby reboot for Disney Plus. I saw Plus. this. Starring I just saw it. One Mr. Zach Efron. Which is weird. If you told me like cast of three men and a baby baby reboots, I probably wouldn't pick Zach Efron. Not that, not that he's not a talented actor, just like yeah, probably yeah. go for someone a little older. Yeah, that's the thing, because I mean all those guys, you know, Ted Danson, Gutenberg, and Selleck, I think they were all like older, obviously, when they were in yeah. the movie. So yeah. yeah. I mean, how how old is Efron? I'm very I'm very curious. Let's find out. But he's got to be like, I would say, in this like he's thirty two, late twenties, early thirty. I was gonna say okay, yeah, thirties. And let's see, three men and a baby. Who was the youngest person in that movie? Was was it Gutenberg? It's got to be Gutenberg because I think Selleck would have been the. Oh, I think him or Danson would have been. I think Danson would have been the oldest. Uh, Selleck is the oldest. Gutenberg, really, but not by much, right? Not by much. Uh, okay. Gutenberg. Let's see. Uh, he was born in fifty eight. Came out in eighty seven. He was oh twenty nine, so he's so I guess he's around the right the same age, but he's not, but he wasn't the lead. Yeah, no, he wasn't. Uh, but regardless, that, that was more Tom Selleck's. Yeah, uh, but you know, regardless, um, and the thing is, I kind of wish because they had plans for a third one, they wanted to do it. I was, it was going to be three men and a bride. It was going to be about... how weird is it that Leonard Nimoy directed Three Men and a Baby? Did he, did he direct? Yeah, I know it's weird, but did, did he direct the sequel? <laughs> no, I don't think he directed the sequel. He did, did he? He did not. 
I'm pretty sure he didn't. But yeah, uh, the, the first three and baby is like it, it, it's really good. Oh, it's it's fantastic, and, I, and as much as a lot of people give <clears throat> shit to three men and a lady, I liked I, I did like that. And a little lady. Fine, so. I, I mean, I would I would have been down to see them come back for three men and a bride, but now we're getting a reboot. So, are you excited for the reboot? Yeah. And, and you're excited for the reboot with Zac Efron? I'm gonna say if I'm ex- if I'm more lenient towards like what I would rather see, I, I guess three men and a baby, I guess would be the property. I guess I would gravitate more to. I guess I don't know. Just because of the, I mean, I mean, I watch both movies. <laughs> I don't know. This this reboot stuff's going crazy, but uh, you know, it's inevitable. But uh, yeah, I, I get, I'm more on board with this than I guess the other ones. Well, now the last one is one that I'm actually quite on board with. Uh, we are okay. getting a uh, we are getting a League of Their Own television series. Again, oh, yeah, I did see that too. Uh, I, I, again, because there was a one that lasted briefly in the '90s. Uh, this one coming for, from Amazon. Uh, co-creator is uh, Abby, ja- Abby Jacobson, who did Broad City, who also star, and Will Graham, who did Mozart in the Jungle. And uh, as far as the actresses cast, uh, the, other, the only other one I recognize is Darcy Caden, who was on... Uh, she was... was uh, the Good Place. Why, why did I play so hard on that? She's on The Good Place, and she's hilarious on that show, if you haven't seen it. Uh, so, okay. yeah, uh, we're getting a League of Their Own television series for Amazon now. Are you, are you excited for this one? Does this get you jazzed? I mean, I, I'll give it to you. I, I do like League of Their Own. I think a TV show would... I mean, you can kind of actually make that. I mean, it's kind of easy to kind of make a story out of that. Just like, obviously, like, you know, like a Friday Night Lights type thing. Yeah, but yeah, say, I like mean, a, a funnier sure. Friday Night Lights with women and baseball. Yeah, I'm I'm down. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think it sounds cool. I think that, uh, you know, uh, Jacobson did really good work on Broad City. That show is, that show is pretty funny. Uh, I, I Again, I, I love Darcy Kate. I think she's hilarious. <laughs> I do hope she wins the Emmy for uh, her work on The Good Place because she's... She's fantastic on that show, and uh, yeah, uh, definitely, definitely excited to see this come to see this come down. And yeah, we don't have we don't really have like a lot of female centric sports anything, much less sports shows. I can't think I can't think of any besides the original League of Their Own television series. Yeah, really. I mean, uh, yeah, we really didn't have much. You know, you know what could be, what we could be like a really good t- TV show. What's that? Whip it, the Drew Barrymore movie. <laughs> I was just gonna say that I was gonna say like a rollerball type thing. I was I was I was literally yeah, like, just thinking. Wh- why does it? Why doesn't someone? Out. Why doesn't someone do a show about roller derby? With that was a really good film. Oh, that, that movie! That movie is like really, really good. For sure, yeah. You totally could easily again. It's another thing you could totally make a uh, TV show out of. And not to mention, it's kind like, of crazy. Not, nobody not thought mention, of that. And not to mention, like roller derby is like a really big thing now. Yeah, like, for it, sure. It, it has like a really like big like underground following. So it's just like, why, why doesn't someone try to do that? So obvious, like yeah, I like I said, I was literally just getting ready to think like roller derby type thing, and I yeah, you took that, yeah, but totally a great idea right there on the table. Somebody hire us to make a, a roller derby show. We'll totally do it. Yeah, I mean we could cast that thing easy. Uh, so yeah, League of Their Own, Amazon. If you're excited for that, sweet. Keep be on the lookout. Uh, we have a lot of other things to talk about. First of which is uh, <laughs> let's get this one out of the way right now. Uh, Russell, what's your favorite subject in the planet? to talk about on this show oh boy my that, favorite subject that's right disney live action remakes oh god yeah you know that and it, and we are having our next one lined up that's pinocchio in which a story that i think sounds familiar but i don't really remember it uh we are getting a new pinocchio movie from director robert zemeckis and tom hanks who is in talks to play geppetto i mean as far as the geppetto goes this is pretty much top marks you can't get anyone better than this no, I mean, you, I mean, you got the, yeah. 
And as far as the bar for live action Pinocchio movies, we can only go up. We can only go up. I never saw uh, Roberto Benigni's one though. So. Oh, it's so bad. And the, you know, no, the fucked up thing is he made another Pinocchio movie, and it's like coming out this to, year. We're gonna have to do a commentary for that uh, that oh. old one. Oh, I think that'd be kind of funny. Uh, that movie is painful. You know, we, we should do, we should do like Pinocchio month. We do the Benigni, we do yeah. the Disney, the Benigni. We do that Geppetto show with Drew Car- the, the, the Geppetto TV movie with Drew Carey, and then we talk about the John Taylor Thomas Pinocchio. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, boy, that would that be really crazy. People be like, "What the hell's wrong with these guys? Why? Why are they only reviewing Pinocchio movies? <laughs> uh, do they hate their life?" <laughs> the answer is yes. Um, but yeah, you know, you hear, you hear this team coming behind this, and uh, no, what, do you, what 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 do you think about this news? I mean, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, in live at like I, I'm just I'm tired of it, but I mean, sure. I mean, I do I do like Pinocchio a lot too, not as much as obviously like my 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 golden three, obviously the ones that everybody goes to, obviously Lion King, uh, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. I mean, that's just kind of why I grew <laughs> they've up already, and really just they've already done all of those. Yeah, so I'm I'm good. I'm good to go. Um, yeah, Pinocchio I always liked as one of the older you know Disney films. So, I mean, I'll see it. Uh, yeah, can't be any worse than the disappointment of the Lion King. I mean, I wasn't really expecting much from that anyway, so I wasn't really let down. I wasn't but... either, but I mean, I didn't think it was going to be literally like, you know, cut for cut, just like, you know, like Gus Van Zandt's Psycho. Just it's about. like cut for cut, the same film, you know? Just about, and yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it when we, when we inevitably review it, but yeah, there's so, there's so many things you could have done to improve upon. I'm not saying like improve upon, not like the Lion King piece of shit. I love that, I love that film, but like there are things uh, yeah. that the movie, that the original Lion King does that I think if you tweak it, like, I think that would have made this movie really powerful, but they, just, they, don't, they don't do that. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I agree, so. Yeah, but no, get back to Pinocchio. Yeah, I, I'm I'm on board with it. I mean, I like Zemeckis as a visionary. Um, you know, obviously you have Tom Hanks attached to the project, so I mean, only only good marks from here. Kind of curious to see who they're going to go with uh, for Pinocchio. This J- Jacob Tremblay get get Jacob Tremblay get to the set. <laughs> that kid's a stud, man. That kid's fun. That kid's good. He's 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 a really good actor. He's been good in every, like, I mean, well, we, we did Book of Henry. He was in, he was in Room. He was fantastic yeah. in. He's good in Good Boys. Yeah. He's, I mean, the kid can act. He's really good in uh, Wonder. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wonder. Wonder's fantastic. Well, yeah. Wonder. Re- yeah. Really underrated film, that Wonder. If you haven't seen it, super underrated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, there's that. Uh, what what else we got to talk about? Oh, this is another, this is one that I'm, I'm, I wonder how you're feeling about it. Cause I feel like this movie you'd probably be a big fan of. We're getting a MacGruber television show with Will Forte <laughs> reprising his role. Yeah, I'm done. I'm like, yeah, this movie, this movie screams you. Are you a big fan of MacGruber? I do. I like MacGruber. Yeah, I, I do. I, I like MacGruber. I remember watching it. It's one of those movies, okay, I kind of compare it to like an Austin Powers type thing because it kind of has that like aesthetic to it a little bit. I mean, obviously without you know, the Saturday Night Live type uh, attachment to it. But I don't know. It's just it, It's one of those ones where – like Anchorman, same type of thing. Anchorman, like I hated the first time I saw it, but I rewatched it. I'm like, this is this is gold. Like it took a while to appreciate it. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, and MacGruber was one of those ways I'm watching. Like, ah. but then I rewatched them. And like, dude, this thing's hilarious. It's like I don't know if I go into those types of films and I expect. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I I'm just not prepared for what they're gonna do with it. Do you know what I mean? 
Um, and then they come, they come out and they wow you, dude. But yeah, MacGruber's hilarious. I think it's a really funny movie. Um, yeah, I, I would be down for the TV show for sure. Yeah, this movie is set for a well, what, what? What am I saying? I don't know where it's landing. TV, TV show, I should say. Is it a? It's a series. It is a series, and I do wonder how it's going to be. That, the MacGruber sketch on SNL. Yeah. I, I, they weren't particularly long, were they? No, but this is like I said, it, it's hilarious. So just because like it, it it's. It's it's such a spoof on MacGyver. It's just so funny. I don't know. It, well, yeah, just, and they, they they try they try and do like a lot of stuff for this. Like they try to do a sequel, TV show. Yeah. Oh, the TV show landed at Peacock, which makes sense because okay. that's where SNL is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's only it's only fitting. Yeah. So uh, you know, be on the lookout for that if you if you have Pe- if you're one of the few that has Peacock and can use it. There you go. Yeah. Merry Christmas. I need to re. I do need to rewatch. Uh, I need to rewatch my Gruber. Uh, we have a lot of sequel news coming up, coming up right now. Actually, before we before we get to that, uh, we have uh, Ryan Gosling has landed his next big movie. It's going to be a in monster invasion comedy from the Paddington director Paul King. Uh, in this movie, Ryan Reynolds will play a dad dealing with everyday challenges of family and raising kids, made all the more difficult by an ongoing great monster uprising. You know who would have been perfect for that role? Who? Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> Pacifier meets monsters. It's about family. <laughs> it's about family. I beat the fuck out of monsters. I'm, t- yeah. I'm telling you, dude. That, that, he would have been all over that stuff. Dude. Yeah, about family and garlic. It's family. It's family, man. Oh, man. But yeah, you hear this premise and you hear it directed by Mr. Paul King. What, 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 what is, is that? Sound? This sounds off. It just sounds so off, like something I would not never expect. You know what I mean? Um, well, yeah, like Paul I King don't know. is like really, he, he, he his filmography is like really. I mean, it's, it's kind of stopped because he made Paddington, which was excellent. Paddington Two, which is better, they're both excellent. Yeah. And then since then, he kind of just stopped. <laughs> like we, yeah. he hasn't he hasn't made another movie since. There's such like gentle films. I can't see him like I don't know. It's just crazy that you're gonna like do that. You know what I mean? And then go to. I, I mean, I get it. I hope he does I this, and I hope it works because I'm like this, this sounds kind of fun. It it does. I just I totally can't see Ryan Gosling doing it. Like I said, like I was laughing about Vin Diesel's perfect for that because like that's just like a Vin Diesel like throwaway movie, pretty much. You know what I mean? Like right. it's something he would totally do. But I mean, Ryan Gosling has been. I'm not gonna say selected because he's still he's still been some crap, but his his status is elevated thanks to Deadpool. So. I'm gonna say Mark Wahlberg would be another one to put in there too. Wahlberg would totally do that type of movie. Sure, why? I mean, he he did two Daddy's Home movies too, and that's so. why and that's why I said that because I think it's it's almost sounds like a Daddy's Home type thing, <laughs> plus like a monster you know what? If, invasion. If they, or if they put a monster invasion in the third Daddy's Home, I'd be all over it. Dude, you have to have Mel Gibson in that though. Yes. You absolutely have to have Mel Gibson in it. Then, yeah, I'm I'm totally down with his job in that movie. Totally fits. I'm not gonna say what it is, but <laughs> yeah, totally... I'm down. I think that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um. Next thing. Next story we're talking about is uh, uh, PTA has lined up one of his first major star for his new movie, uh, and one Mr. Bradley Cooper, and this will be a coming of age drama set in the San Fernando Valley in the '70s. Which is basically the same setting for the first half of Boogie Nights, uh, and it's gonna follow a child, a, a child actor attending high school in the valley. It's gonna be like a child actor attend, like you know, trying to adjust to regular life. 
Mm-hmm. Now, PTA is a fantastic director. I'm just going to say that right now. True. Absolutely. And how do you intrigue me this? You bring in one of my favorite actors working right now, Bradley freaking Cooper. Who totally snubbed for an Oscar. To- yeah. Totally. We'll leave it at that. We'll not, leave it at not, that. Not snubbed. <laughs> not snubbed. Just outright, like, shafted. Not even nominated for director? Come on. Like, I can go on and on with this, man. Like... Him, Ugh. him losing that to a pair of fake teeth and lip syncing, like they could have marched Bradley Cooper to the stage, like had him pull down his pants and cane him for two minutes. Still wouldn't have been as yeah. embarrassing as him losing to that. I just, I can't. I just again, you know, I, I, I love the Star Is Born, one of my favorite movies of, of that year. It just, it's, it's mind blowing, man. It really is. But yeah, I mean, really he's been like really smart about his choices lately. I mean, he just sent on, he just sent on for a Del Toro film. He's making another film about a uh, claimed, uh, acclaimed uh, composer Lenny Bernstein, which he's also directing. Uh, yeah. With with this, I swear he had something else he was doing, but can't remember what it was. But he's he's he's, he's working, man. He's he's on it. He is hustling. And yeah. Yeah, I I can't wait to see what he does with, with a director like PTA. For sure, and it's been a while since PTA threw something out. You know, uh, what Phantom, uh, Thread. Phantom Thread was his last. But I mean, you know, it's nice. To see, and, and, and another thing, it's kind of nice to see him not working with Daniel Day-Lewis, something something a little bit different. You know what I mean? Well, so I mean, I, that, I'm kind of looking that forward to off, it. That option's off the table now. Well, he is, he is, you know, he'll, he's retired. He'll be back. It's just that's all. He will be back know. eventually. But. When the paychecks start dwindling, he's like, oh, <laughs> crap, I need to come back. When he gets, t- when he gets tired of cobbling. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's on uh, what the hell uh, cameo or something like that. <laughs> he does like Daniel <laughs> playing for you on cameo or some kind of shit, dude. <laughs> Hello, I came here to tell you happy birthday from Stephen. <laughs> Enjoy your milkshake. Oh, <laughs> just like <laughs> allow me to tell you a story. Say you have a milkshake, and I have a milkshake, and my milkshake is way over there. I'll take a straw, watch it. Here it comes. Right there, you drink my milkshake. I'm telling you, it's I, oh my god, like, I've made I cameo gold, man. I not to be that I would totally pay for a cameo from Daniel Day Lewis, dude. You'd easily charge like five hundred, six hundred dollars, easy, like easy. easy money. Yeah, for sure. Daniel, Daniel be perfect. Daniel Day Lewis, get on it. Yeah, you could like do like cameos like right around election time as like Abraham Lincoln. It'd be perfect. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, we have this shit, dude. We absolutely oh have this stuff on lock. This, this, like, this, is like the show, this is like the show of all our good ideas. Seriously, think about it. I, I think it's absolutely brilliant. And, man, they, they got to get in touch with us because we, oh, we can make so much money doing that. Uh, all right. And now we come to all our sequel news. Uh, first of which, uh, Patty Jenkins revealed she is calling it quits after Wonder Woman 3. Now, if you hear a record scratch and be like, Wonder Woman 3? What happened to 2? Well... I mean, three has not officially been confirmed yet, but come on, it's gonna happen. There's no universe in which it doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it's funny. At the end of the year, I thought I, I at the end of the year I thought like one of them was gonna be the movie, one of the few movies this year to make a billion dollars, like this and Fast and Furious Eight or Nine. I'm sorry. Oh, easy. I mean, they. I mean, they would have. I mean, it would. Yeah, they would have. But we. They would have. We yeah. still have no idea when we're gonna see one Woman, one Woman two. Uh, my question is like, do you think that, do do you think that, um, what was my question? What was what was my question? Oh, my bad. Do you think that this whole uh, COVID pandemic is going to affect 
the future of Wonder Woman franchise because, like, say that this doesn't, God forbid, this doesn't end, that doesn't end very soon, which it doesn't look like it will. Uh, say say that were to happen, do you think that that jeopardizes the future of this franchise? I mean, again, it kind of just what you said. It's kind of like just like rephrasing what you said. It just depends on the longe- longevity of this of this uh, pandemic. How long is this going to last? You know what I mean? Um, if this thing goes away and we're making, you know, headway, you know, to the, you know, towards the end of the year, beginning of 2021, I mean, maybe, maybe we bring this thing out, you know, and we can do this, you know, um, if not, what are you going to do? You're going to sit on this movie that you have done already and you're going to like, what, you know, all the money that you spent like advertising and marketing and stuff like that. I don't know. Just keep, just, just keep hemorrhaging money. That's the thing. I don't know. It just depends. It all depends on what, you know, the state of the world looks like if, you know, you know, we, if we as a you know a unit could get all of our get our shit together, you know, um, I think we could we could end this if we just were smart about it. I think a lot of people, you know, just aren't very smart about this stuff, and it's just it's costing everybody else, like you and I and other people that are d- trying to do it the right way. Um, just it sucks. I, I just I, I don't know, and that's the whole thing. Like you know, even just in, in the in the movie going world in general, like this COVID thing may hurt movie theater experiences like forever, you know? So I'm hoping we just get something, you know, situated here. We get things like going to the, you know, to the, you know, for the good. And we can hopefully, you know, enjoy this movie, like maybe the beginning of next year sometime, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see it happening at the back end of the year. And even if so, we've talked about it before about where you're going to start, you know, cutting audience like viewing it, so you're leaving them at half capacity. So you're already losing half money for each showing that you're showing. You know what I mean? So, what do you what are you gonna do? You know, what, what do you want to do with that? They're in a predicament right now, but at the same time, like okay, yeah. like uh, disregarding that. Now, say yeah. Wonder Woman two was. I'm just speculating here. I would ask this no matter what. Mm-hmm. Say this disappointed, or people like, weren't really into this one as much as they were the first. Yeah, one. I mean. Would you want to bring her back for three regardless? It just depends on how bad. Again, kind of. I know this is boring answers, but it's, it just depends on how badly received. The I mean, one really is based you know, on I mean, is it a is it a bomb? Based on things that I've heard about this film and the plot, and this is public. This is public knowledge. Yeah. Some some plot things about this film have come out. I'm just like what the what the fuck what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean. I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know discuss it here because I'm sure people who don't yeah, want to yeah. be spoiled. No, no, I understand. Um, I mean, if it turns out to be a big disappointment, I mean, you really have to look, you know, take a couple steps back and think, I mean, what the hell are we going to do? But that doesn't that make you want to even put three out even more to try to get it right and close it on a good note? I mean, yeah, but but do you but do you bring Jenkins back is what I'm saying? <sighs> I don't know. Because it's because it seems like they really just let Jenkins fly with this one, like do like do whatever she wanted. Cause like you hear a story yeah. about the, about the first Wonder Woman, and it's a lot like a lot of stuff where like Jank where like Jenkins had to fight for like a lot of scenes like the No Man Land scene she had to fight for it which, I mean that yeah. that, that worked out fine but like they really kind of not, not necessarily give, give, give her carte blanche but like they really kind of you know loosen the reins on her a bit. If this one yeah. is say not good or not as good as the first, do you bring her back for three regardless? Do you you part ways, get some new blood? What what do you do? I would I would bring her back for the third one. I don't think really? that she has. I mean, to me, I mean, the first one was such a unexpected, you know, hit, 
and and critically loved uh, film. Yeah, it does have its problems, but a lot of those you know comic book movies, and I'll include uh, you know the MCU and DCU together, have those types of problems. Um, I think she really breathed new life into the DC. I think she kind of almost kind of resurrected it, uh, so to speak. Um, you know, I think you give her another shot to close it out. All right, fair enough. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. So regardless of quality of the second one, you, you bring her back for three, no matter what. I would bring her back for three just to make because you see what she can do, her potential, though what she okay. can do when it's right, on, fair. when it's hit. Fair. You know what I mean? All I right. think, I think, and and the, and on top of it, the the second one doing that may only pull out more creative, uh, you know, creative energy or creative like ideas and stuff like that from Jenkins for the third one. So to me, I think that that would be a good idea to just have her close it out. Well, speaking of female direct, female-led superhero movie sequels, uh, it was announced that we we've known for a while that directors Anna Bode and Ryan Fleck were not going to come back for the sequel of Captain Marvel 2 and they just lined up their newest director in the form of Candyman director Nia DaCosta okay uh, she'll be she'll be picking up the reins for Captain Marvel 2 which will make her the first African-American female director to direct a Marvel film uh, first of all let me just say they're really like doing a lot to diversify talent behind the camera like where you look at you know I mean Coogler obviously yeah, I was just uh, gonna say Black Panther. You got, yeah. De- you got Destin Daniel Cretton working on uh, working on uh, Shang Chi. Yeah, Chloe Zhao working on The Eternals. Yeah. Um, you got this. Who else is making movies for Marvel now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sam Raimi, but he's white. Taika Waititi, he's 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 a person of color. I say Ang Lee, but that's I mean that's Ang not Lee is de- it, it, well I mean that's, not, not, that's not definitely a lot in canon I guess because yeah Hulk. I'm, I'm talking about like for this franchise but Ang Lee did in fact make yeah. Hulk and we don't and we don't blame him for it <laughs> the half the halftime movie on the other hand that's another story um, I still never saw that movie that's so bad we'll get to it I'm sure but regardless I mean we can't speak to I mean we can if you've seen she she made one movie before it was Little Woods was actually like really really good. Um, we can't speak to the quality of Candyman because, like, as, as of right now, we have not seen it, which we wouldn't have seen it even if it was was slated to come out when it was supposed to come out. Yeah. Um, but did this get you excited for Candyman? Because I'm, I'm I'm assuming she got this job based on how good how good she, of a, do- a job she did on Candyman. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I I'm looking forward to that. I know I'm not the biggest fan of you know the Candyman franchise. Again. I only saw the first one once, and I really I didn't see anything else after that for the Candyman. Well, movies. I mean, the first one, the first one's easily the only good one. Yeah, obviously, and that's kind of why I kind of just stayed away from it. But yeah, absolutely, um, kind of what you said. It's nice to bring in, you know, a different, you know, per, you know, different ethnicities, different, you know, uh, races and stuff. I got to especially take part in these, in these, uh, you know, comic book, you know, uh, movies. But yeah, I mean. For sure. I, I think it's a good idea. I, I love the idea. And, like, you know, I think you and I kind of were on the, uh, you know, the same opinion on this. It was just like how all the unnecessary hate for uh, Captain Marvel. I'm glad that the movie kind of yeah. did. I mean, I mean, it w- was far from perfect, but it's still like. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like a massive, I'm not like a massive, massive fan of it, but I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't think it's an awful film. I do think that it's kind of bland, has no, no real personality, yeah. but I do feel like it's kind of. I, I kind of put that on the director because like Brie Larson, she's not, she's not great in Captain Marvel, no. but but at the same time, serviceable. Like, she's ser- yeah. she, she's serviceable at best, but that's not a slight yeah. on her talent as an actress. Like I, I even said it 
Like she, yeah, you can only do so much what you're told. You know what I mean? You yeah, have to. I, I feel like she was directed yeah. to to be to be that. So I feel like with this yeah. kind of new blood, she, we might get with you know some better direction. This could really be something. And it could be, and I'm, and that's the thing. I'm kind of kind of looking forward to that. It's something like, and especially you know, with a if, well, who's the first director for the first one? It was Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, who did like okay. really good movies before this, and just haven't. No. Just, I don't, yeah, not, just none of that translated for this. Maybe maybe a different you know different pair of eyes bring out something different. So you know, yeah. here's hoping, and you know, I think it's a good move for the franchise moving forward. I mean, I think we can only really get better. I mean, I thought the first one was okay enough. I think we can like really pull out some you know better material for the second one oh, to, yeah. to to make it even better. And I and I do want to I do I do want to see like where this one does go. Is it going to be contemporary? Is it going to take place yeah. still in the nineties? What, yeah. What, 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 what's going on? What's going on here? Yeah, I mean, it would be nice. Yeah, is this going to be post Endgame? Like, what's going to like what, what's what's going to happen here? So it's it it is kind of, you know, um, you know, it leaves a lot of uh, things up in the air where they're going to take this, especially time frame wise. Yeah. So we'll see when that comes out. I believe Captain Marvel two is slated for a twenty twenty two release. Yeah, that's correct. Um, next thing we're talking about, John Wick five has been announced. Uh, and like we said, like where the hell is four? Well, it was announced that four, at four and five are going to film back to back because four, well, as soon as four wraps, five is going to start like right into production. Yeah. So, on the one hand, this is probably smart because, I mean, the John Wick films alone like a very, very upward tra- trajectory. Like the, the the second, the third John Wick made more than the first two combined. Like that doesn't happen very yeah. often. So that so that's cool in and of itself. And look, uh, the, halt, the the filming on the first one got halted. I'm assuming writer Derek Kolstad got a lot of time to think about what he wants to do with his franchise going forward. He already had four figured out before three even came out. I'm assuming he took the time to figure out five. And yeah. look, the John Wick films have all been stellar. Like, they have been stellar pieces of action films. Pieces of action films. They have all been stellar action films. Pieces of action. <laughs> pieces of action filmmaking. I knew where you were going with it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it it, it makes sense that if you know, and if anything, I guess that we can get positively out of the whole pandemic is the fact that we have time to kind of sit back and kind of reflect and kind of just like gather up our creative, you know, ideas and stuff like that. We can step back and like you know, like like you know, filmmakers can step back and just you know, I take time to kind of just breathe a little bit think about what they want to do with the world that they're creating and kind of you know make decisions on whether or not you know obviously you're you're filming for you know what i mean oh well i have these ideas here let's connect it into five you know keep it keep it rolling you know and it's not like like it's not a gamble because there was no unless john Wick four like really tanked which i didn't which i don't see happening yeah like it already has a big following It's, it's it's gonna be hard to do that yeah, yeah, it's gonna be hard for that film to tank. I mean, it's it's the four four would have made money, like no matter what. You would have had a yeah, you would have had to try to fail in order to fail. You know, I mean, you would have to try really hard to do that. But yeah, I, I love this franchise. One of my favorite action franchises right now. It's like that. It's like that Mission Impossible. Like those are those those movies are just like dynamite. So yeah, uh, I'm it's all the same creative scene. I'm looking forward to five. I'm looking forward to yeah. whatever else they have to do. <laughs> Uh, and last one, uh, and last one we're talking about is, uh, well, last sequel we're talking about. We got two more after this. 
Uh, first of which, uh, it's official. Tron 3 is back on. Uh, Tron 3 <laughs> uh, with director with Lion director Garth Davis. Sadly, though, Jared Leto is still attached. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so I mean, it's not all great, but either way, we're getting we're getting another Tron. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I wish I hope they get Daft Punk back to do the uh, score. Be kind of cool. Oh, I, I I really do hope they get Daft Punk back because they they were so, they were so up for an Oscar nomination that year. Oh man, I tell you what, fantastic score, uh, one of the better scores that we've had in quite some time for a film. Absolutely, but yeah, uh, Tron Three. I mean, I think we kind of talked about when it was rumored that it was back on the table, but now that's official and with Lion director Garth Davis. Like, are you are you pumped? Yeah, I mean, I, Lion's a good. I mean, Lion was in a like a good enough film. I enjoyed it. Kind of funny because we're gonna uh, that'll interweave Nicole Kidman. Oh, see see what we did there. Because uh, what the uh, lion? Uh, Dev Patel. Are you talking about Dev Patel, right? Yeah, Dev Patel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, watch him call. Yeah, Nicole Kidman's in that one too. And uh, yeah, that, that that that's a perfect segue to our film today. So yeah, perfect. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I think that that's a good idea. Um, what has he done post Lion? Has he done anything else? He did a movie. He did a movie called Mary Magdalene, in which Joaquin Phoenix played Jesus. <laughs> okay. Uh, it wasn't very well received. Okay. <laughs> even I mean, even even I haven't seen it yet, but I, yeah, I, I, I was at least interested. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a, it was a story of Jesus from the point of view of Mary Magdalene, played by Rooney Mara. Okay, yeah. I wonder. I wonder if this is where they met. Oh, for yeah. Oh, ne- never mind. Never mind. Uh no, no they were they were dating they were dating way before that, um but yeah so there's so yeah there's that, uh but yeah I mean but like I said Lion Lion is a good film, and so it's a really good film yeah, uh I do like the idea of taking like filmmaker like filmmakers like this like indie ones and putting them in like situations where like they have like a budget they can really let the creativity flow, some yeah, for some sure. sometimes that works, sometimes yeah. it doesn't. But that's the thing, though. I mean, you, you get your diamond in a the rough there, you know, so to speak, you know, once in a blue moon. And, hey, if it happens, it happens. You know, it, you know, all power to you. So I'm hoping that, you know, the Tron Legacy is obviously kind of a well-known, you know, franchise. But, and obviously God, with the, but God, this better make money. <laughs> and, but the, you know what, though? Honestly, and Tron Legacy, I think, is really gathering cult status, I think, post its 2010 oh, release. Oh, it, it absolutely is. And I'm on board to say I liked it when it came out. I have watched it a couple, I'd say probably like two or three times since it came out. I've enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The biggest, biggest thing for me is like CGI Jeff Bridges looks awful. Uh, it looks, I get it. Uh, CGI Jeff Bridges, yeah, it looks really, really like, weird. You can totally tell it's he, CGI. He looks for sure. like he looks like a this like a PS2 character. It looks like he's like glitching, like almost, like it's like a, almost like a glitch. Thing is, I think if, um, I think if we did that now, <laughs> like a glitch. I think if, if we did that now, like first of all, that effect would look like way more convincing. Well, I mean, we also also have Mustache Gate there with Justice League, so I mean, eh. I mean, look, CGI can only take you so far. Given smart CGI, look, we're not gonna we're not getting the guy who CGI <laughs> out his mustache. We're getting the guy who CGI Army Hammer's balls and calling him by your name. <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, I, I, I like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to it for sure. Uh, so yeah, uh, definitely looking. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to another Tron because I think that world. I, I love, I love the aesthetic of that world. So I'm down to see another. Oh, it's beautiful. 
Yeah. Jared Leto, yeah, whatever, but <laughs> still looking forward to the movie. <laughs> Hopefully we have a minimal role in this. He won't. I don't know. He's going to be the star. Yeah. It's going to be the same thing that we said before. He's going to be that same character that he's been in all these other movies. Your Blade Runner 2049, the Joker. Just like, you know, same type of character. It's just going to be stupid. Can't wait to see what attention seeking, like, method acting, method acting trick he does for this film. Yeah. I actually transported myself to my computer. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, yeah, uh, next, uh, two stories to talk about. First of which, ba- uh, Jason Bateman lined up his next two directing gigs. Uh, first of which is a film called Superhero World, based on all by Gus Krieger. It takes place, a film that takes place in the near future where everyone on Earth is blessed with a superpower, except uh, except for our main character. Uh, his dad is the most powerful human on the planet, but he is normal until a new villain arises in which he can take away, take away people's superpowers, in which he might be the key to saving the day. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's slated to direct that. And also he's slated to direct a Netflix uh, heist film called Here Comes the Flood, uh, a script written by Simon Kinberg, which could be could, could go either way, uh, and described it as an elevated, character-driven love story heist movie with heist played out in increments. So you, okay. he, so you hear that, you hear those two premises. Which one? Which one are you more excited about? I would say the heist one. Really? I'd say the second. Yeah, I, I'd say the second one. I don't know. The first one sounds different. It sounds a lot like you know daring, but um, just kind of where his mind's been in the last uh, couple years with Ozark and stuff like that. With just like I, it's not uh, kind of heist esque. Um, but crime esque. Crime esque. Yeah, crime esque. I think that that would be more of where I would gravitate towards, just because I think he has more of a. Uh, it's it's it, it's current it's it's what he's he has been doing you know what i mean as opposed to taking something that he's never done i mean don't get me wrong bateman's great in like anything he does um so i mean i would i, I would see either or or both like i'll see both obviously but if i had to say i think that um, the heist thing sounds a little bit uh, better to me yeah i mean i'm looking forward to both of these because i think bateman, for sure bateman he, for as great as an actor he is he's a really he's also a really talented director i mean the dude won his oh, first yeah. emmy for directing, for his directing work on Ozark, yeah, like he's he's doing some really really great work, and yeah, I mean, uh, Bad Words is funny, really underrated Hilarious. film, The Family Fang, which he directed with him and Nicole Kidman. Uh, that movie is is really really good, uh, really flowing to the way because like no, I don't think like I, I, I like very people very few people saw that film. If you haven't, like I said, check it out. Like it's it's a really really solid movie. Um, really shows what he really showcases what he can do as a director, and I like that he's getting like more high profile gigs like this. Like I said, him winning the Emmy for Ozark definitely helped elevate his status as a director. Oh, he's been fantastic. Like his like Ozark was, like I said, the three seasons that we binge watched back and I. It was just a fantastic show. I, I'm I'm looking for. I'm kind of sad that it's ending uh, next season, but I'm hoping that, uh, it goes out with a bang and, and I, I know he'll probably be attached to a couple episodes. I'm sure directing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. and, uh, last story we're talking about, uh, this is the big one, Ben Affleck returning to the director's chair. I know right there, both now, him and I were, we're sold like, yep, Ben Affleck directing. We're in. Doesn't matter what it is. Done. Sign me up. 
Sorry, uh, but he is directing uh, the big goodbye about the making of Chinatown, which was a you know landmark production, really okay. helped change the yeah. landscape of uh, of ho- Hollywood. Um, yeah, or was well, not really change the landscape, but like, it was, it was like the last, it was, like the last uh, movie in like the director driven, like studio driven Hollywood. Um, yeah, yeah, kind of like one last big one from that era. But yeah, I, I think. Both you and I were both solo. Ben Affleck directing the dude. The dude is a like, oh yeah, live, sure. by, live by night aside, which isn't which it really isn't even that bad. It's not it's not great, but it's not like awful awful. The dude, yeah, it's still the dude is a great director. Like he is an Absolutely. outstanding director. Uh, I mean, I mean, Gummy Be Gone is great. The Town I watched again the other night. That movie is still incredible. I love that movie to death. Towns is Towns is best one. Oh, for sure. And even Argo. That's that that movie. That yeah. great. How should have yeah, should have won best director should have won best director for that one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, uh, Affleck directing again, and uh, this movie, uh, movie about the filming of Chinatown, one of one of my favorites. And uh, have you ever seen Chinatown? I have. Yeah, uh, Polanski's film with Nicholson. Yeah. Okay. I'm assuming, yeah. yeah. I'm assuming, I'm assuming yeah. you have. It's, well, it's definitely one of my. One yeah. Of my no, I, I can't I, wait to. I go. saw it once. I definitely need to revisit it again. Um. I mean, I love Nicholson, so obviously I've seen it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I like I, I like that whole entire, um, you know, that whole entire premise of it. I think that's really cool. It's also like, you know, it's also like a big like prestige. This is also gonna be. This is definitely gonna be an Oscar film whenever it comes out. Because oh, absolutely. What 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 have we been proven? What what has been proven throughout the years of the Oscars? Hollywood loves movies about movies. Yeah, and they love or, especially when. Hollywood at its peak and stuff like that, and just you know celebrating Hollywood. Or I, sh- I, I should mean, say it's... the Academy loves movies about movies. Yeah, and they, especially Hollywood. I mean, they like you know they love that you know uh, that uh, recognition, and I think that I mean this has it written all over it. Yeah, for sure. I can't. I can't wait to see this. I, I really, if this is great, I really hope this is Affleck's poll for best director because God knows he's he's long overdue for one of those. Yeah, for sure. It's it's cra- it's crazy. Like, he'll, I say he was best director. He'll have three Oscars, none of which are for acting. Yeah, screenwriting, writing, producing, well, screenwriting, writing, and produ- Yeah, yeah. If he was for best director, he'll win like every other major award that's not acting, even though he's known as an actor. That's crazy. Uh, but yeah, uh, I know we're both looking forward to that. And now we come to the main event. We we are at our review. And the, the movie of the week, Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, so Eyes Wide Shut came out in 1999. It was directed by Stanley Kubrick, one of arguably the greatest directors of all time. Uh, it was his last movie. And actually, they, he screened this to the WB execs, I think, six days before he died. Yeah. So, yeah, the dude, the dude was he, he was a workhorse. He really was. And what a what a movie to go out! What an interesting movie to go out on. Seriously, and it's it's funny because a lot of people will always say this about Kubrick's work. Um, it, it it may translate as a failure, but over time, you, it gains that notoriety and it gains that following. Oh yeah, I think that's the beauty. I think that's the beauty of Kubrick. That that's that's like a common occurrence in just about all of yeah. films. Like they're all like not none of not not a lot of them were like very well received at the time. But you watch him, Jesus Christ. He he. I it just it's something about the more and more I think about it because this will be our obviously our second Kubrick film. Obviously, The Shining was our first. 
um, where you watch things and you get so much. It's again, it just it's it all depends on what you're going through, like in your life or just like life experiences in general to get different things out of Kubrick's work. And I think that in itself shows you what a great director he is. Um, you know, and I think that, that really, when it, when your work can do that, you, you absolutely can uh, stand the test of time by doing that. And I think that his work, especially in this film, I think it's just, it's crazy how, you know, how much stuff is like, it's just, I don't know. It just, it gains a cult following with all of his stuff that he does. Yeah. So uh, let's not waste more time. Let's, let's get into this movie. This, this is eyes wide shut. So we meet our main characters, Bill and Alice Harford. Alice Harford. Yep. Uh, played by then married couple Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. I cannot confirm or deny that this caused their divorce. Because <laughs> they were because di- they were divorced two years later. Yeah. Yeah. I. Who know, Who really knows? Yeah. So, but okay. Let's just quick poll of the audience. Were Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman the prettiest couple of the nineties? I mean, think about this though. I mean, like, how gorgeous was Nicole Kidman in the beginning of this? Like, it just in this film in general. How gorgeous is Nicole Kidman now? <laughs> she's still gorgeous. But I'm saying, like, this is the the most sexual thing she's been in the movie, though. Do you know what I mean? Probably. Um, I think it's easy to say that. Well, I mean, but just like also give, given con- given the subject matter of this film, that makes sense. Well, obviously, but how confident? Like, the confidence just reeks off of her body. Right. This whole entire film, you know what I mean? I, I we I, it's, this is a different side of Nicole Kidman that we've never seen. No, at this point, we've never, we never seen Nicole Kidman do anything quite like this. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they they were they were a handsome couple in the 90s. Seriously, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, it, like, everybody kind of just wanted to be them, I would imagine. And, like, looking at them, like, they, they really, they, hate, they both hate spectacularly. Yeah, oh, my Lord. I mean, Cruz, what, 55? Looks tremendous. He does. Uh, Nicole Kimmon looks looks fantastic. 50, she looks literally... 55 and going to space. Seriously. And, and and constantly have to be running in your films. You know? Uh, but, yeah. So we meet them. They're going to a Christmas party. Uh, it's very it's very ritzy. And I do love the, I do love the design of the production design of this film. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, this, like, this party scene is special. Like, this, like, this, the yeah. scenery is just... It's gorgeous to look at, and you can, like, even if you didn't know it was a Kubrick film, you could tell Kubrick directed it from the start. Like he, like he, his signature long takes, his yeah. zoom outs, he busts out all, he busts out all his tricks for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, the thing, party's party's going well. Bill sees one of his friends from med school at the piano. At the same time, Alice is being hit on by a dashing Hungarian man. Can't think of the name. Can't even think of the actor because it's not someone super famous. No, but yeah. But if I, you've seen I, the movie, you know what the hell we're talking about. But I imagine Alice is like, oh my god, I can look up at this guy? Hello. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, this guy is trying to seduce Alice. Meanwhile, in something Tom in, you know, classic Tom Cruise fashion, especially, especially in this era, uh, two models are trying to seduce him. Who needs one when you can have two? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you could, you could take your one. I'm, I, got, I got these. <laughs> Uh, I will say though, neither neither of them is pretty as Nicole Kidman. No, I mean, but those models were, I mean, pretty pretty damn good looking though. They were, but yeah, no, no Nicole Kidman. Uh, but you know, he, he's go, he's about to go off. They're about to take him over the rainbow, as they say. Uh, when he's interrupted by by his friend Ziegler, played by director Sidney Pollock, who it's it's crazy to think that he. 
look, Kubrick is great as a director. He was never won Best Director. He never did. He's directing a guy who won Best Director. Exactly. He is directing <laughs> a dude who won Best Director. Yeah, so Pollock's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, that's crazy to think that, though. Exactly. So Paul. So uh, so Z, so Ziegler brings him up because one of the girl he was banging OD'd on a speedball, yep. which was a classic designer drug in the nineties. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they bring her up, but she she's not she's not doing so hot. Meanwhile, the Hungarian is still seducing Alice, and I mean he is he is fairly charming, and they do have like for the one scene they do have, they do have chemistry. Yeah, I mean you can kind of tell just from the kind of the beginning of the film throughout it's like it's almost as if like tom cruise's like uh you know bill harford's character is really just trying to look the part you know almost right. like, a, like a facade like you know he's this well-to-do doctor he has a beautiful trophy wife you know things are seem picturesque perfect you know what i mean but uh, we we see that their marriage is far from perfect and this obviously you can kind of put two and two together when you see that you know, he has no problem holding two models like side by side, and then she has no problem dancing with another guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and uh, yeah, so uh, I mean, uh, the Russian, you know, try, tries to pick up on her, but he's like, no, she's like, no, I'm married, uh, which is kind of kind of parallels what happened with Tom with Tom Cruise, except he didn't he didn't get a choice whether he said no or not, and that's yeah. and, and, and that's addressed later in the movie. And we'll get to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, but then. Uh, we yeah, uh, they we keep going on their their day to day lives. We see the Bills having a very successful career as a, as a practicing, as a practicing, as a practicing physician in New York City. That's yep. what I meant to say. Uh, but then you know the real events of the film are kicked off here. There's one night where they're getting high on some very clearly bad weed. Yeah, wacky weed. <laughs> uh. <laughs> And this is kind of where they're they're addressing the infide- infidelities, yeah, or like in, infidelity as the subject. Not that they ever did, not that they ever, ever did anything, but because, well, first of all, like they're talking about what happened what happened that night. Uh, you know, he tells them about like he, a Hungarian man hit on me, but I pushed him off. He's like, I got I got two models, but I turned him away. And they really they really do like a good job of going into the ethics of cheating on your spouse. Yeah, like who, like who is more liable to cheat? Why is it like yeah. the difference between like when a man cheats versus when a woman cheats? Yeah, and I think I think again we can use the fact that they're both married at this time. So I think that you, when you're seeing it on the screen, I think Kubrick really uh, brings that out of uh, Kidman and Cruz. You know what I mean when they're having this conversation? No, they really do. I, I also think that's like a reason. Yeah. That's the reason they were cast. No, not just because they're great actors. Absolutely, they are, but. Because they have that like prior background, and yeah, you know, Russell, I want to ask you, like, as a married man, uh, yeah. you know, does, does, does it seem like this like resonates for you? It's fun. it's funny because uh, this is the first time watching it married, um, and my wife wanted to watch it obviously because uh, oh. I, I told her about this, right. and um, it was one of those ones where I was like, oh, I'll I'll rewatch it with you because I I absolutely I adore this movie, and I'll rewatch it, but um, watching it like that. You know, kind of how, you know, you have that scene where, you know, Alice is like wanting to know, like, how she goes, hey, did you fuck those two girls at the party? And, you know, and then Will wants to know, like, who the guy was that, you know, she was dancing with. And, like, she, you know, Alice is kind of playfully, like, was joking around saying that basically he wanted sex and they're both laughing about it. 
But there is that type of boundary, like as a married couple to where it's like you, you get jealous and that again, kind of, this is kind of a segue into what they were talking about when they were, you know, they were saying that, um, you know, Alice is basically trying to make him jealous and then right. Cruz's character say, says, and, and, and Bill doesn't get he, jealous. He's sure of her. Yeah. No, he's exactly. sure of her. Yeah. And I, I think to me as a man, it's just like in general, yeah, you, I mean, that's your wife. You get jealous of, of things here and there. You know what I mean? Even like past like our relationship, like before we were even uh, a couple, you know what I mean? You get jealous of like situations that you hear about and stuff like that. Um, so that definitely wears on you. So I could see where, you know, Bill's character's thinking at through this. You know what I mean? He's trying to put this facade on again. It's all about facade. Like I, I, I'm going to, keep going back and forth at it. Cause even like when we go to the party with masks, a facade again, you know what I mean? I think it's just, that's, it's that type of, you know, reoccurring theme in the film, but like just to even see, you know, w- you know, Bill being like so sure that his wife is just, he's so sure of her, you know what I mean? Like he just doesn't even want to get jealous cause he doesn't want to let that man side of him down. You know what I mean? I guess like that, that alpha male in him. You know well, what I mean? well, and, well, I, I and also like, it's it's a thing where a converse, a, a comment like that would usually be seen as a positive, yeah. but like they recontextualize it to the point where, you know, oh him, yeah, for sure, him being jealous, him not being jealous, is almost kind of seen as a bad thing because he doesn't think his wife has it in her to cheat, or that like, yeah, it, it kind of makes makes think like maybe he's taking it for granted, but no, like it, it's like it's it's supposed to like th- you would say something like that because you yeah. You trust you trust your wife to not to not cheat on you, but they're kind of like re yeah. like examining the, the psychology of that. I think it's like this this scene is like yeah. really fascinating to me. And no, it it absolutely is. I'm glad you know we're kind of like cutting this in a little bit more. But to me, it's like kind of how you said. You know, you have that thing where it's like, yeah, you, you know, you like that. Like you you should like be like kind of like yeah, that's my wife. You know what I mean? Yeah, that guy wanted her. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's I go home with her. Do you know what I mean? That type of thing. I think we kind of, I think Bill kind of spins it out the other way, basically saying that, you know, he just, he doesn't get jealous. He's, he's so sure of her because she's like, she's just so boring that she's not going to do, you know what I mean? She's not going to upend her life now because, you know, she's, she's, cause she lives comfortably. We, you know, we don't see Alice, you know, really working. She pretty much takes care of the kids at home. So we don't really see, you know, those types of things, you know? Yeah. And I think that, you know, she really starts to try to like try to push Bill into like the you know like the white hot rage mill because he tells him a story about how when they were going to Cape Cod she saw like a, a naval officer mm-hmm. who may or may not have been played by Keith Urban I don't know but she sees him, <laughs> she sees yeah. a navy officer who she was really attracted to and she yeah. was just like had he asked me to just drop everything and, and go away with him I would have but I couldn't find and- him anymore and as a man, think about hearing that, okay? So you like, that would be literally like the same type of situation. You know, they both have a child. And it's like you would gamble away, a, you know, another half, you know, your spouse and your child for one night of infidelity. It's crazy. Oh, it's right. It, 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 was, it was just one night. Yeah. She, she said she would throw it all away for that one night. Yeah, it's crazy. And you can see like the – you can see like the rage like building – in in uh, Bill, and that really goes to credit oh, to yeah. Cruz's acting because he oh fantastic, and obviously we've seen what he did in Magnolia, so he absolutely can crush you know crush this. Were, were this in Magnolia? This Magnolia was set, were the same year, weren't they? 
I think there was 99. Yeah. Damn. He had, he had a great 99. And this is and, and and a little little sidebar. This is our first Tom Cruise film we got the review. No, it's not. We did Collateral. Ah, shit. We did. Never mind. I was all excited. I thought I was like I was sitting there thinking. I'm like, I swear we did a Tom Cruise movie. Never mind. This is our second TC movie. Yeah, cool. yeah. We, right. we did. I, I, how did I forget about that? I'm not sure. It's been so long. It, it, <laughs> it, been it, so ha- long. it has been a while, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, this really shows like showcases. Of, if you think Cruise is not a good actor. Watch some yeah. watch some of these movies because they, he will. He, he, oh, for sure. He is stellar in so many things. Yeah, Magnolia. This, uh, you know, Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, obviously, Collateral. Like collateral. he shows that he's just not this, you know, he's, action star. He's, he's he, more he than just so stunts. Much more. He's more than just stunts, and I kind of wish he would take Absolutely. less action roles. I, I would love to see him work with PTA again, honestly. Oh, oh no, for sure. I th- I think he would you know do great with PTA. You know, I would love to see Cruz even do something with uh, uh, Tarantino, something like that. I think would be really I, great too. Because I we so were, wish I we, so wish he would have been once upon a time in Hollywood. I know we because we, we 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 had talked about that, but I'd like to see him do something with that or like something with Scorsese or something like something or different. Some, something again, something, something again with yeah. Scorsese. Uh, because I, I remember watching him. Like, yeah, think, think about that. Think about what a fucking career Cruz has had. Because, like, how many realistically, how many actors can say can say they've worked with Kubrick, Spielberg, Scorsese, PTA, Coppola, Oliver Stone, Ron Howard, Brian De Palma, and both Scott brothers? I mean, it's <laughs> you think about all the and then just think like you know family tree diagram that all the movies that they had and what those movies did for you know cinema in general and what that helps spawn other films you know what i mean it's, it's crazy when you think about it like that yeah but anyways uh bill gets interrupted by a house call one of his patients has died so he goes to see him uh and then the daughter of the guy tries to pick up on him but he but he turned but he turned yeah. down because... and, I, and i think this this is an important thing where um we first see that uh, Bill's actually having flashes of Alex, Alice and uh, the naval officer. Right. I think this is kind of important just because of the fact that we are seeing, yeah, he is getting a little jealous. Yeah, he is. He Maybe he is, maybe he is kind of trying to put up that facade uh, to his wife that he's not this jealous type and that he kind of just, you know, he's so sure of her. So I think this is kind of where we start to see that breakdown a little bit too. Yeah, and it, and it goes completely further, it goes way further than that throughout the movie. Uh, yeah. And then the... Then the the daughter's boyfriend comes home, played by Darman Greg's own Thomas Gibson. I was gonna say he looked familiar. That's 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 where I that's yeah. Where I, I remember from. watching this like oh, that's like Greg from Darman Greg. I looked it up. It is, oh, it is Greg from like, Darman that guy, Greg. That makes that makes sense then because I'm like, dude, that dude looks familiar. I couldn't place him. Yeah, so uh, he, he's he's going along the New York streets, and you know he's, he's still trying, kind of feeling unsure about himself. So so much so that he actually picks up a prostitute. Uh, by the name of Domino. Uh, I don't know who's. I don't know who this actress uh, is. Good. You you ready for, ready for this fun fact? Do you remember the sure. movie Ladybugs with uh, Roddy Dangerfield? I do. Remember Jonathan Brandis was in the movie. Uh huh. He like he liked that one girl. Oh, uh, is this her? It's Domino. Yep. Wow. Moving up little, in the world. Little fun fact for you. Little fun fact for you. I thought I knew she looked familiar, and I couldn't place her. Um, and yeah, I, she, like, she looks I, mean, kinda, I just remember that face. She looks kind of yeah, like yeah. an alternate version of Hillary Swank. She looks like an alternate version of almost, I think, like a, like a Scarlett Johansson, uh, not Scarlett Johansson, like Kira Knightley esque. That type. too. You know what I mean? Kira Knightley before before Kira Knightley. 
Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, they're go- they're going and they're much much like I do think he does a really good job with the actors in this film because when you think about it, Kubrick's never really done he's never really delved into like you know like intimacy and love like this. Not in any of it. Not in any of it. Not to extent. The closest he's gotten is Lolita, which even then, it's not a very very good portrayal of something like that. No, but yeah, this is the deepest I think he's gone into sexuality. Right. And to be able to... Because the whole movie, like, rides on that. Yeah, like, a lot lot of his films are and this isn't a slag attempt, a lot of his films are very cold. And for him to, like, flip on this, especially being his last, I I do think he transitions incredibly well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, Bill gets a call from his wife, and ultimately he decides that he can't go through with it. So in in a kind way, he pay, he pays her for he pays her for the time used. and Well, not time used. Time, I guess time not used. And, <laughs> time unused. And he, go, and he goes on his way. Did you ever notice during the film, am I the only one that noticed like the phone ringing? signifies something like he's either doing something he shouldn't be doing or he's like in a position he shouldn't be in right yes. or is that just me and no no I, I didn't notice that we'll talk about that you know at the end okay, like, okay okay really dive into okay. like the meaning of, of all this all right, all right cool so he decides to go to uh a jazz club where his homie's playing uh nicholas no it's nick nightingale nightingale i'm like nick nightingale i'm like yep. i'm like nicholas nickleby no that's the movie N- N- nick nightingale <laughs> Played by the, uh, Todd, the, played by Todd Field, who I did not know was the director of Little director. Children, and in the bedroom, and in the bedroom, which both are really good movies. When's, yep. when's he gonna make something else? Did he like that's the other thing I was like because when I was going through all this because like I I told you like I watched a ton of stuff on this because I'm just like absorbed by this film the last couple of days, um, and both excellent films. Like I, I in the bedroom, I remember moving a little slow, right, but um the performance of little children with like, you know, Jackie Earl Haley as a, you know, a, a, a molester. And then you had like Kate Winslet giving a great performance as oh, like, she's, she's uh, fantastic in that movie. Yeah. Fan. And so he's even Patrick Wilson. Like that, that's, that's a tremendous film to him. Hope yeah, we get is. to talk about that one day. Um, but yeah, he hasn't done anything. I don't, I don't think, has he done anything since? No, nothing. That sucks. Good. Good. I, good solid director. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, w- I wish he'd make another movie. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he goes to see his uh, homie Nick, and he finds out of, an- of another gig he's playing later that night. But it's a different kind of gig. Why? Because he only gets called. He doesn't know where it is. He gets called, given an address about an hour before, and he has to, sh- and he has to be there. He plays blindfolded. So, of course, Bill is re- both like, I need to go there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what, uh, you know, uh, another little fun fact for you, uh, cameo made by Stanley Kubrick in this scene, um, when he is sitting down on the left-hand side of the booth, you can see Stanley Kubrick sitting down. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, if you go back to the scene when he goes in the first meet, you know, first scene Nick Nightingale play on the left-hand side of the booth, you'll see, uh, uh, Kubrick sitting down. I'll have to look back for that glasses bald. You can't miss it. Yeah. I'll I'll have to look for that next time. Uh, yep. We find out this is kind of a different kind, a different kind of party. Uh, most of all, you, you yeah. need a cost, you need a cloak and a mask. It's, yeah. Which I'm not sure how he knows not that, you, considering he's never he's wearing a blindfold the whole time. 
but he he mentioned a uh, previous time that it wasn't the blindfold wasn't on so well. I think that's why he. Knew. Oh, that's he, he did. Um, he did. That's right. Yeah, and then he divulged basically saying, and that, I think this, this is what piqued, you know, Bill's curiosity because he had said he had never seen such women. So obviously, we see that you know his marriage isn't as perfect as we thought it was. Like he's really no, wrestling and, with this and, 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 that's thing. A, and, and that's the thing. Like we're learning right now is the fact that like their marriage is yeah. not. It's not it's like it's not perfect. They they definitely have their share of problems, for sure. Uh, so he decides to go. He 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 has the password for the party. And he decides to go. First, he needs to he needs to go to a costume to get a costume played by maybe my favorite side character this entire movie, Mister Millich. Played by he's awesome. I love I love him in the Saint. Oh, he's in the Saint. Yeah, it's like it's like his name's like Sade. It, yeah. It's it's Sade something. Yeah, but I always remember him from The Saint because I think The Saint was like a very underrated 90s film. And, uh, yeah, yeah, just but, always uh, remember him from that. Yeah, but uh, he, go, he goes into this into this costume shop. Uh, and he has to bribe him a lot, pay $200 over asking price, which or over rental price, which is a crazy thing. Like, <laughs> But it's crazy thing how much money like Bill throws away throughout this entire movie. But it's again, and I think, and I think we'll even talk about this though. I think a lot of this has to do with like status. Like yeah. I think he himself is kind of like, you know, it, it's all about class systems almost too. Because even when he went in to go to uh, Domino's place, like he kind of just like kind of like, you know, kind of winced. Like he was like 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 this place is like like slummy. You know what I mean? Like he's better than that. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Because the first thing he asks, he 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 goes, oh. Uh, why don't we talk about payment? Like, it's all about money. Do you know what I mean? Like, I kind of, oh, yeah. like, no, got sure. that when I was watching this film, too. So. No, absolutely, and I, I completely agree with what you're talking yeah. about. Uh, but something, something's amiss in the costume shop because there's, like, a show... I'm not sure what this is. Like, a showroom, a couch. Why is there a couch in the <laughs> middle no of the costume shop? I have no idea what show? the hell. Yeah. But his daughter is, played by Lily Sobieski, is in here. And with, yes. two, with two Asian men. <laughs> two older Asian men. Which is... Which again, it, it's kind of weird because I was watching something about Kubrick, and it's like it, it kind of brings it back to pairs because he always likes things in pairs, like you know, obviously the Red Rum, the 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 twins, and the Shining. Right. He likes things in twos. You notice, like Tom Cruise at the beginning of the film has two models on him. You know, you see twos a lot in this film. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like two Asian men wearing makeup and wigs. Like what? Kind of, really random. What kind of shit is this girl doing? <laughs> I don't know what kind of role playing we're doing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what this is, and I'm kind of scared. I'm kind of terrified to find out. And, I, and it's like she's clearly like young, young, young. Yeah, because Lily Sobieski wasn't that old when this when this came out. No, and it, like from the look of her, she looks really young. But I'm saying like it's like those guys look significantly like older than that Absolutely. than her. So yeah, like and. The more I see this, the more I think she was the prototype for Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> you you could you could uh, you could absolutely think that. Um, and what about the score? Like I think we should just talk about that for a second. Oh, the, the score is fantastic in this uh, film. The score, my favorite parts of the favorite part of the score are come later, but the score is absolutely it's, it's oh, stellar. Cooper does a perfect job, I think, just setting the mood with the with the with the music. Oh, he does. Like, like you look at like this cab ride right here, where like he's still like he's almost at the party, and he's still like envisioning, like his wife with that naval officer. Like it's it, it's it's mm-hmm. it's haunting him. Like the thought of that is just like it's he can't get it out of his head. 
which is why he's on this whole journey to begin with. And I love the way that Cooper shoots this uh, this next scene with the with the cab, with the oh, cab yeah. ride. Just like how you can still you can see the men waiting outside at the gate, but they pull up a little bit more. You can still see them in the background. I think that's kind of cool. Oh yeah, and like, I love the way, the way he transitions from like you know city yeah. to like suburb to like just straight up like in the middle of nowhere. And it's scary as hell. And I think a lot of that has to do obviously with the score, but it's just like you think about it, like oh my god, like he's like in the middle of nowhere. It's scary. Yeah, so he goes up, he gets the password, Fidelio, let, lets him in, Fidelio again, he goes inside, and we see that this party may not be what we thought it was. Actually, it def- it, yeah, it's, it's definitely not what we thought it was. Especially if you uh, have the unrated version like I do. It's definitely not, uh, you know how you say it's not your grandma's... Uh, Root beer or grandfather's root beer. This is not your typical birthday party. <laughs> no, this really isn't because there's like a dude. They do like a dude dressed in red and a circle of lemon. They all take their cloaks off. Um, like it's it, it's this scene is bizarre. Now the staging and direction, it, cinematography of this scene is fantastic. Yeah, and it's one of those scenes that kind of like you. It burns in your head once you've seen this movie. You kind of just remember like him seeing that. Cause like it just like it just like pans out. You can, like again, Kubrick's work behind the the camera is just beautiful in this scene. Like he just really showcases what a great director he is. Just like as we see, kind of like this mysterious, you know, uh, shit going on before you know all this stuff happens. It's really crazy. Yeah, and it's it's you, 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 even your question. Like you're going down like a really like bad mind trip, and yeah. Like someone who's up on the balcony, like looks like right at Cruz, and they are able to tell instantly that he doesn't belong there. Which always question, which always like question me, like what, like what is it about him that sh- that like gives the impression that he's not that he's not supposed to be there? I mean, uh, that's the thing because he he's dressed like everybody else is. We we find we find um, out later something that might that might be a giveaway. And we'll, and we'll definitely talk about it, but yeah, like he should not stand out. But I think that in this society, he totally does. And also, actually, something I also, but a reason that it could happen is because when they're doing like the circle shots, like they pan, they pan over, and you can see like he's like standing like by himself. Like he's 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 out of place amongst everyone in the scene. <laughs> Yeah, look at the scene when like he's like just following like while the, these orgies and these different like these different sex acts are happening. He's just kind of like walking around like nobody else is doing that. Yeah, like his his body language is completely yeah. different, and that, and that's like yeah again like another conscious like directing choice like, like he, Stanley had to tell Tom to be like hey look I need you to move differently to give the impression that you're not supposed to be here. Yeah, yeah, like you you can absolutely you can absolutely tell like. When he's doing that like pan shot, you can tell like where he is, where he is in this particular scene. Uh, but yeah, so uh, so someone, a lady from the circle, goes and p- and picks him out. Uh, they go, they go off, and they see there's a lot of a uh, lot of promiscuous activity going on in this in this house. And this <laughs> if was actually, you're, wa- like, if you're what? watching the rated R version, it's been conveniently blocked for you. <laughs> oh yeah, no, like this was actually like a big thing where like Kubrick yeah. had to. They had to like heavily edit this, like because the, the the last thing he presented was the would have been NC seventeen. Yeah, yeah, it it was it would have been NC seventeen. So they had to like re, like 
input some like some, like rudimentary CGI in order to hide things. Yeah, so they so they literally place like like people in like capes and, or like and like their costumes or whatever. But I bought the unrated one when it came out. Um, this was I bought the first one. I have two copies of Eyes Wide Shut. Bought the first one, the theatrical one, obviously the one that was edited, and then like years later. They finally released the unrated one, which had never been released before. Right. I wanted that one because that was how Kubrick intended it for it to be, and that's kind of how I wanted to watch it. You know what I mean? I didn't want to watch it with people in front of people. You know what I mean? Like he he didn't want it that way. He just did that obviously because he wanted to give it that R rating. Well, me and the studio did that way because. Well, the studio too, yeah. But yeah, so uh, the woman's just like, "Hey, look, you're you're in danger. You need to get out of here while you still can." Uh, but that, yeah, but then, uh, he's like, oh, the other guy comes up to me, he's like, Hey, uh, you guys came, they came in a taxi. He's like, yes. Uh, your cab driver here, he, he talked to you, but they take him in like this, this God. scene. Holy shit. This like, part is so fucking scary, dude. Oh my God. Because like he walked into, into this room and like everyone in mask is there and like, he just like punches dude. in to like hordes of mass faces. Absolutely. And like the whole time. My, my, bumps, my favorite yeah. part of the score is when it does this, just like hits this like one like sharp piano note. Do, yeah. Do, yeah. Yeah, just like over and over. Do, like exactly. Yeah. And uh-huh. that sets the mood like perfectly. Like that like that sequence, like it's incredibly horrifying. Oh. It's like the goosebumps that go on your, your like on your arms, like cover your arms, like if you're submerged in this movie. Because you gotta keep in mind, like this movie's like we're probably we're over an hour and like the half into this movie, yeah. like an hour and twenty minutes when this movie comes in, and it's like, oh, it's so haunting because you know Bill's not supposed to be in in here at all, and it's like shit. Like you're like, well, wait a minute, it's just a taxi driver. Well, why is the taxi driver? First, you know it's not the taxi driver because he would have to have the passcode to get in. He doesn't know the passcode. He does not know to the even passcode. get up to the front door. You know, so it's like uh, you kind of know something's a, a you know funny. Running funny, here. The, funny. The doctor didn't figure that out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, kind of like it was like you really thought he, and then that they they didn't even escort you to the front door where you think the taxi driver would be. But yeah, he's put he's put front eh, put before the guy in red, and he's like, "What what is the password?" Like Fidelio, what is the second password? And he's like, "Oh shit, I he's forgot. Like, I the, seem to have I've, forgotten it." Yes, I I have forgotten the second password. He's like, all right. He's like, all right. He's like, all right, bitch. Take off, take off your cloak and your mask. I, he he takes it off. I expect I expected everyone in those cloaks to be like dibs. <laughs> but it's like that scene when he first takes off his mask. It's like, how how do you feel at that that specific moment when you're Bill? Like you're this like prominent doctor, and you take like you're running this risk that somebody's gonna see you that knows you. Do you know what I mean? And you're just like you don't have that mask on now. It's like you're you're your person now, and it's like that's scary because like everybody else is like completely covered up except him now on this scene. Right. So just like okay, take your mask now, take off all your clothes, and you're like, wait, what? he's like, what? No, I'm 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 good. He's like, take off your clothes, or we're gonna take them off for you. <laughs> just, and you're, just, like, you're, you're, like, right. you're, you're like really like clenching, like what's gonna happen next? Until the same woman from earlier with the headdress was just like, okay, look. Uh, what was what? What did she say? Like I'm gonna stand. I'm gonna redeem Basi- him. She's gonna redeem him. Basically, she's gonna take the place of him. So like whatever they were going to do to him, they're just gonna do to this to this girl. And I think that's why 
Bill starts to kind of probe what the hell is going to happen to this girl. Like, what are you going to do to her? Yeah, for sure. So uh, he he's, he's able to leave. He goes back home, and his wife is, like, she's laughing. Uh, she's laughing, and then she starts to, this is, like, this is really, like, Nicole Kidman's, like, stealing scene. Like, she's, she's also stellar in this film. She's oh, absolutely. an incredible actress, and she's great. This was probably my favorite scene of her in the entire film. And she's just like, what, what was happening? She's just like, oh, I was, I was dreaming about that naval officer, and I was having, and like we were having sex, and you were, and you were watching, and like she's like, I was having sex with all these, with all these other guys while you were, like we were watching, and it was, I was laughing in your face about it. And you're like, wait a minute, and 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 how, like when you're just thinking about this, you're like, holy shit, like like Bill just like experienced this almost, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the dream in essence, like he 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 seen people get passed around, like women getting passed around and stuff like that, and I think it's it's really really uh strange how you know uh alice's character dreamt kind of almost kind of, kind of the same type of thing that right. basically he was just he just got home from yeah and you know she and she wakes up she's crying because like she feels really like she feels really bad because like, it felt so real to her yeah and yeah the, and you know we talked about the chemistry with everyone else their, their chemistry together is i mean it helped that they were married at the time, but they're they're still fantastic on screen. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, meanwhile, while she's telling the story, you can see like Bill not really knowing what to make of this because like part of him's angry part, like you said, part of him's angry part of him is just like, well, I did almost, I, I did almost just get passed around as, as well. So, I guess I can't be too mad. Yeah. Well, then you got to think of how long he's actually been out. Like he was just supposed to do that that one little, you know, house visit and stuff like, or not, not the house visit. He's, he's already come. Yeah. Yeah. The house visit and he, what he has done or no, wait. No, yeah. He, he did wait, the house. No, no. He did the house. Call. Yeah. He was supposed to do the house call and then come he back. He did the house visit. So he's, he's been doing like, yeah. But think of all the things he's been doing to lead up to this. He's had a huge, like a, a long night too. You yeah, know? So, uh, he goes, he, uh, we go into the next day and, you know, Bill's out and about, he tries to meet his friend, Nick, he doesn't show up. He doesn't show up to the cafe. He usually goes to. So he goes to his hotel where he meets the desk clerk played by Alan Cumming. What? <laughs> it's crazy because this. What what Bond film was he in? Was he in Tomorrow Never Dies? He was in Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah, and then he played what Nightcrawler next too, didn't he? He did. So I mean, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, a really so weird cast. At, they, they I, I think yeah, Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah, they just, they just drop Alan Cumming like it was random. I was like, oh, okay. I guess you're in the movie now. Such a random like cameo, I guess I'll use it because it really is a kind of cameo. Yeah, but th- things are a little amiss because he goes out. He's been he's been checked out by some other guys. They took him. They took him away. He goes back to the costume shop to where like something like Mr. Mills was holding the two Asian guys, basically hostage inside that little glass prison. Yeah. Uh, holding yeah. him in there, but he he gets back the next day and everything's fine. Yeah, which is really off off putting. Yeah, so things things are off. Like and he goes back to the mansion, like there's no there's nobody there. Yeah, it's like it never took place. Yeah, like, yeah. There's there's no there's nobody there, and someone comes up and sends him a note like, hey, hey, uh, Mister Harford, uh, the Doctor Harford. We know who you are. Just just forget everything you saw. Stop looking into this. And, we and then I think before that though, uh, Will had a, Bill had another flash of uh, Alice and the naval officer. 
You did. I think there's another. It just, I mean, not like not like not saying it's important, but it's again, it's still you know in his mind. Like you know what I mean? No, exactly. And like it's it's a thing that like now now this is like Bill's kind of obsession for the moment. Yeah. Like he's taking away time from his daughter, and he's 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 still not exactly sure what to exactly make of his wife. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, he, he he keeps going along, and he goes back to Domino's place, where he meets her roommate, uh, Sh- Sally. Her roommate Sally. Sally, yeah. He tries to hit up on her, but he knows he's with Domino. He's like, "Hey, look, uh, probably should tell you, Domino got the test back, and she tested positive for HIV, which is fine for Bill because he didn't do anything with her." Yeah, so it's like, oh, well, thank God I avoided. Yeah, for sure. No, ex- exactly. And it's you, you look at this part of the film, and like I don't know if I don't know if you know that it's shot like way differently and lit way differently. I was gonna say yeah, the colors are completely off. And um, a, a, ra- a random thing that I don't know if you noticed though, but did you notice that like Mandy, Domino, Sally all have the same type of hair color, like red, like Nicole Kidman, like Alice's character? They're oh, all like almost like a version of his wife. Oh yeah, they are, huh? Yeah, because they all kind of look similar, but they all have the same hair color. I kind of just it was something I noticed that they all, I don't know, it was it was just kind of kind of kind of odd. Yeah, so yeah, he go, he go he goes along he he keeps going along and he sees on a paper that a woman that uh, a woman who was a I think like Miss New York. Something like that. Yeah, an ex beauty queen. Yeah. Yeah, she died. She died of an overdose. He's like, wait a minute, that sounds mm-hmm. especially familiar to a woman that I treated for an overdose. So he wants to see, it. and turns out that it is in fact Mandy from the par from the party, or from yeah from the party early in the film. And he puts two and two together that this is the woman that helped him at the mass orgy party. Yeah. Which is what we could, which is what we will call it from now from now on. Yeah. The party party. <laughs> so yeah, he, so yeah, he really. Can't, so yeah, he's still trying to like. He's still going down this rabbit hole, and he gets called by Zigfield, who brings who brings him over to his house, and he basically tells him like, "Hey, look, I know you were at. I know you were at this weird mass orgy party the other night. I know because I was there, and we would really appreciate if you stopped looking into everything you saw." So it turns out that there's a lot of things that, that stuck him out. First of which is the fact that there is no second pass. There was no second password. It was a trick. Uh, I wonder if they did it with all, with all the new recruits. But my thing is, like, if that 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 was like after the fact that stuck that 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 gave him away. But like, what the hell gave him away? Well, they also prior to that, they thing, also say know? that like, everyone showed up in a limo. You sh- you showed up in a taxi. Oh uh, well, yeah, well that too. Yeah, and they also like got it got it out of uh, Nick that he told he told him about it, even though he's supposed to, he's explicitly told to keep it secret. Yeah, where do you go, Nick? Yeah, and the thing is, like, he never really gets any answers here. Like, no, because he doesn't. Yeah, he has no idea what the hell's going on. Yeah, like everything he finds out is stuff we knew already. Like, yes, we know there was a drug overdose. Did they have something to do with it? Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Like, it, it's kind of a thing where, like, I, I don't. And this kind of thing is like coming up on the fly right now. Like, what if, like, whatever happened to her that night, like, in place of Bill's character? What if that's what pushed her over to the edge, and that's what well, that's what got her to OD? Yeah, or or the fact that they wanted to silence her and they killed her. You know yeah, what I mean? 
But like, I it, mean, I, I was thinking that, we'll, and we'll talk about that because I have, I have kind of my own little thing of how I, and I think that's what you were kind of hitting at, I guess. Yeah. So it's just like, the basically the whole conversation would be just like, look, you know nothing, just forget it, go home to your wife, and just, just move on with your life, man. You don't, you don't, you don't belong, you don't belong in that society. And I do think, like, Bill's frustration manifests in like a really great Cruz acting moment. Because yeah. like, after all this, like, lays down on me, just like, okay, no, like, shit's been going like way too wrong in the past few days for me to just let this go. But at the same time, he's scared of what's going to happen if he doesn't. Yeah. So ultimately, he does decide to drop it. And then we come to the next scene where. In another like slightly horrifying thing. Oh, we oh we totally forgot to talk about the part where he was followed. Where it was like right before. Oh, yeah, Victor had him followed. Yeah. Yeah, Victor had him followed, and they they repeat that same like sharp note piano score. And, yeah. Yeah, but it's all culminates in a scene where he goes home, uh, goes home to his bed, sees that his the mask which he which he thought he lost was is yeah, in the in bed fact, right like next like to laying right next to Nicole Kidman. Which yeah. makes you really question, like, wait, what's what's how 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 did that, how'd that get there? What's what's going on? But it, and that's yeah. what, that's what caused him to break. He's just like, okay, look, I'll, t- I'll tell you everything, everything. Well, th- and then they also Victor also said that um, that Nick actually was fine. They actually put him on a plane to Seattle. Yeah. Um, and then he basically states that Victor basically this whole thing was a charade. It was all stage. It was fake. This whole entire thing. Basically, just to scare the shit out of Bill to keep him like hush, hush. Which you know, which you know is bullshit. Cause yeah, like, which you know is bullshit. Because like, 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 this is this is way too elaborate. This is way too elaborate for this to be a hoax. I mean, you have to have a lot of people all on the same page, and I mean, that's pretty damn good uh, lining up people getting their story straight. Because like, because like, he's, cause like he said, you know what I mean? Because like, because like, that implies like everyone was in on like Mr. Millich, the co- the the desk yeah. clerk. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's such a weird thing. Like it really makes you question, like what's been, go- what has he really been doing these past couple days? Um, did you another f- weird weird thing? You remember you ma- made a, a reference to uh, remember where they wanted to take Bill at the beginning. Of the 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 two girls on his arm said over the rainbow. Right. The name of the costume place was Rainbow. Ram- yeah, ra- Rainbow Fashions. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, they come. So they come to the next day, and like their marriage is in, like a really troubled place because they don't know. They don't know where to go from here. And you, you're thinking like this might be. You think this might be the end of them. But then, but the, good. No, I'm thinking it's crazy because if you're watching this, you're like, none of you really cheated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you guys I was, never cheated. Yeah, I was gonna get to that at the. I'll come, we'll come back to yeah, that at the end. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, they go. They go yeah, to yeah. a store to buy the Helena something for Chris, their daughter something for Christmas. And they're talking about it, and they're just like, you know what? Let's just let, let's let's just forget about it, you know. You know, let's just enjoy each other's company, like not forever, because that's a war of the scared. So we'll we'll circle, we'll circle back to that. But you know, like we we of course we have issues, but we we can we can push through it. Yeah, <laughs> I do. It do it does have one of my favorite like last lines of any movie, where it's just like, oh, the last word of any movie. There's something like <laughs> there's something we need to do first. Bill's like, what's that? She says, fuck. And then the movie just ends. ends. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite like ending lines of anything. But yeah. Can we so... just notice the ba- the bad parenting? Uh, oh, well, they, they, they let the daughter like run off with like two strangers. 
too. She's gone, and apparently those two strangers can be seen at the party. At the party, I didn't. At the beginning I didn't, of the film. I didn't see them, but I, need, I probably need to watch it again to figure that out. But yeah, yeah, that's the movie, and so we, we can like really I talk about like what this, you know, what, what what's the meaning behind all this, and for me at least, I think this comes down to one fundamental question, which is, yeah. do Bill and Alice really love each other? Yeah, like they've been married for nine years, but like I said, their marriage is not perfect, and they all they're always having like these like weird impulses. But like you look at this film, like like we said, the first half of this film is shot very differently than the second half. Like it's you, it's a lot of mm-hmm. like you know, like fate, like fading lights, bright colors. It's it looks very dreamlike. Yeah. Whereas the second film looks very like realistic. Now, what I think this supposed to evoke is like, what? Think of the title, "Eyes Wide Shut," kind of play out yeah. eyes wide open, right? But what is that really like? When your eyes are wide open, you're focusing. What? What, what are you focusing? On? What's right in front of you, right? So yeah. when your eyes are closed, when your eyes are wide shut, what are you focusing on then? Your dreams. Yeah. This is yeah. about them coming to terms with their deepest, darkest impulses. Yeah. And you know, like really, like working out the problem with their marriage because, like, yeah, both of these, both these people were prone to infidelity at some point. Granted, yeah. neither of them went through with it. Like yeah. when push came to shove, neither of them could do it. So, yeah, there, there's that. I think, I think that, and plus, you look at the first one where it's just like a lot of going through, you know, cool, like good scenarios, like, like, you know, dreamlike scenarios, some of like some nightmare scenarios. And then when you wake up, you're dealing with like the harsh reality of it. Like you know, they think about the scene where like like Domino, we find like Domino had HIV. It's kind of, it's like yeah. dealing with consequences. Yeah, and it's almost like it shows you like what would have happened if you did do that. You know what I mean? You you see the consequence right before your eyes. There, like she was HIV positive. You and, know. And think of like Bill's whole journey throughout the second half of the film. Like he yeah. invests he in tries to investigate this and ultimately just like quits cold turkey. And just and just yeah. like quits quits it and just like pushes it, pushes it aside, and yeah. what are they doing at the end of the movie, admitting they have a problem with their marriage, but rather than like trying to dive into them and solve them, they push them aside. So I think this yeah. is like really like an allegory for like the complexities within a marriage, and I think Kubrick appro- Kubrick approaches in a really like fantastic way. I I I I used to not like this movie as much, but watching this again, I, I really, I really dug it, man. It's, well, probably one of my favorite Kubrick movies, like of all time. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure, and I and and I'm glad it won because of the fact, kind of what you just alluded to. Um, I do have my reservations. I do think that Victor is Red Cloak. Um, just oh, really? Because of the, f- I, I do because you know you see at the beginning of the film he has a party, so he's the host of this party. Um, so what would make sense that this Red Cloak guy? Um, is obviously like the leader or whatever of this party. So it seems like Victor knows a lot of people. So I'm thinking outside of the box that that's how Victor knew that Bill was at the party is because he was was Red Cloak. Just an idea. I know the voice sounds nothing like uh, Cindy Pollock. I understand that. But it's just one of those things I always I like keep coming back to it. It would, cer- um, it would certainly make also- sense. To me, it does. And, and, and we never know who the hell – and that's the other thing. Who is the um, the couple that are looking down at him? The the one with the big nose and that, his that's, mask. That's true. Like the two because people that are looking down. That's true because I yeah. thought I thought that was Sidney Pollock. But if if Red possibility, yeah. Go, if going with you, like yeah, going if, if with your theory, if Red Cloak is Sidney Pollock, yeah. then who the hell are those people? 
Well, and, but the thing is, you know, regardless of whether or not if that's Sidney Pollock's character, like if the the guy with the big nose is Sidney Pollock's character and or Red Cloak, we obviously have seen Bill exposes himself, his face. So obviously everybody knows that it's that it's him. So you could go either way with that. Um, there's a cool thing on YouTube I watched where um, somebody kind of broke it apart. And I think it just I think they really like overdid it. But remember, he hits his staff a couple times on the on the ground or whatever. Right. There, there's the scene when the cue ball scene when uh, Sidney Pollock's talking to Bill about it at the end or whatever. He randomly like he taps the cue ball a couple times on the on the um, on the uh, pool table. Again, I think it's just random. I think somebody's really trying to read into it a little bit too deep. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, definitely, definitely a possibility. That's what kind of got me thinking, like kind of reinforcing what I thought about Pollock as Red Cloak. But okay. totally, again, just an idea. Um, but what do I get out of this film? I get kind of the same thing you do. Um, and you can even say literally that maybe, maybe the, uh, the, uh, back end of that is like maybe a dream sequence almost like it's, it's, it's all a dream. Maybe you, you could easily kind of, you could kind of go yeah, that route. I, I do think the ending of this film is like very, it's, it's very unique among Kamal's Kubrick film because it was both, yeah. it's, it managed to be both like optimistic and like incredibly haunting mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah, because you don't know what's going to happen to these characters, but you kind of think that whatever, and that's the thing. And I wish we would. What did what did Bill tell Alice? Like that's the like. What, did he tell her all about like every single thing? Like him going to the ladies, uh, you know, uh, to see her father, and then like she said that she loved him, or the fact that he went to you know see a prostitute, or the fact that he went to a mass orgy. You know, what I mean, all these different things. Um, it's just it's it's really crazy um another thing like i do think mandy sacrificed himself herself for uh cruz because she kind of saved her life there at the beginning of the party at victor's party right um i think she was kind of like not like paying it well basically kind of paying it forward no i I agree Um, but i I think yeah and and i think that they i think obviously victor goes into this big whole thing that it's a charade it was like it was made to get you to like like hush up or whatever i don't think bill was going to tell anybody first off who was he going to tell you know what i mean he he's not going to tell his wife who the hell is he going to tell who's going to talk to nick's gone you know what i mean so he's like he he loses his friend there who else is he really going to talk to that we've seen him have like an interaction with in the film you know what i mean um so to me it's like I, I just I don't know. I find that hard to believe. That's why I think more of it. I think the the you know the the red cloak and the other people. I think overdosed her. I think I think they they hushed her. They wanted to hush her up to keep her quiet so she wouldn't. Um, you know, hypothetically, she was a hooker, and I think that's what Victor uses as kind of like a, a crutch, being basically that oh she's a hooker. She was going to overdose anyway. You know, she she lives. You know what I mean? Blah 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 to kind of justify it. Um, I think they just wanted to keep her quiet. But to say what you, you know, basically just to kind of reiterate what you said, you know, we see, you know, two people that are kind of like, it's like all a facade again, kind of how I said, it's like a mask. That's why I think like this, the whole entire like mask thing is, is, is a good, um, you know, just a, a good theme that comes up over and over and over again in this film, just because of the fact that like, they look the part in the beginning of it. They look like a happy, successful couple. They're dressed nice to the T. She looks gorgeous. She's kind of his trophy wife. He's kind of like a well-to-do doctor, good-looking guy, can get the women too. You know what I mean? And then I think he kind of – like when she divulges that dream to him when they're smoking weed, I think he kind of realizes 
wow. Like he kind of just like was like, yeah, I don't just, I just don't think my wife would ever do something like that. Cause I, I kind of know you, you know what I mean? And I think he's bored there. I think he's bored in the marriage. And I think that's what leads him on that whole entire self-discovery, that journey of self-discovery throughout the whole, the rest of the back end of the film is the fact that he's going and, and trying to seek out. And it seems like kind of as much as he wants to try to, you know, cheat and try to like, you know, how's this going to feel to like do this with somebody else other than my wife? You know I mean? He, he gets a phone call or something has to happen to kind of like these situations don't play out the way they are, you know, whether it's the, the girl, the, the girl that he visits father passed away or whatever. He didn't get to make a move on her because well, first off he didn't want to, and her boyfriend came. So that was a, that was a, a kind of like a block for him. Prostitute Domino, he didn't get to have anything with her because of the fact that his wife called. So then he, I think he was starting to play that guilt out in his head. He's like, shit, I got to go. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, and I, I just, I kind of echo what you're saying. I think it's a, it's a marriage where I think he's bored or they're both kind of bored. They're just complacent. They're just going through the motions. And I think they want, you know, I think for me, this is all about Bill's, you know, self-discovery. I think Alice is wrestling with the idea of what she could have had. Um, I think it sounds like a good idea because of the fact that she doesn't have to have those responsibilities of taking care of a kid, being in a marriage and stuff like that. She can go off on this fantasy and kind of happily ever after, I think. But yeah, I, I kind of agree with what you're saying. Pretty much echoes the same types of beats at what you're saying. No, yeah, I agree. And this film is, I, th- I think this film was fantastic. For uh, sure. And I, it's one that you can keep going back to. I think we, I think we can get different things. Um, wherever we're at in our life with it. I think we can just look at it from a different angle, like watch it a year later, a couple years later, watch it and you get something completely different out of it. Oh, for sure. Uh, so yeah, uh, definitely think this is a worthy, worthy entrance for the underrated movies from acclaimed directors thing. And yeah, it's definitely a topic we'll be doing more of in the future. Cause I think we, we get a lot of look at movies that we get to look at a lot of movies that aren't necessarily, you know, what you think of when you first think of a director, but definitely ones that's, that yeah. should stand out among their filmography. So that's going to do it for us. Uh, what, uh, Russell, want to give our plugs before we head out? Yeah, you can find us on Facebook, Notorious by Chance, the Facebook group. Go ahead and join us. Uh, that's where we throw up the polls. It's what you get to vote on. We, we get to review. Um, and then you can also find us on YouTube. Same thing, Notorious by Chance is the YouTube group. Uh, we're going to try to hopefully post some new stuff here coming down the pike. Uh, we have ideas we just gotta kind of put the ball in motion but i mean we're, we're gonna get back to it so i'm not overly i mean concerned about it that's mainly due to me you found, you found me at twitter too much chance underscore 91 the reason i'm not <laughs> watching a lot of new movies is because i am prepping for the ultimate schmodown singles tournament which is gearing up it's gonna start uh today as of publishing this uh october uh august 10th uh, uh you can catch me playing uh david mr david del rio uh at, at some at some point and like like so four matches a day for the next couple of weeks is going to be a great time and uh, not to mention you can also catch me playing for the team styles my partner Mike Kalinowski on on August twenty first uh, you can buy that live stream ticket with the undercard of I believe it's who's the boss versus the winner of this Friday's this this Friday's pay per view which is Dan Merle versus Ethan Irwin for the title which is going to be great. Uh, so yeah, you can uh, check out check out all of that. Uh, uh, check out on the Schmodown Live, buy tickets, join the Patreon, do all that stuff. And uh, yeah, it's gonna do it for us. We will see you next week. Eh, next week, where we look at the movies of 1995, movies turning 25 this year of 2020. Uh, it's gonna do it for us, guys. We will see you next time.